Welcome to an extended version of the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I am Kelly Patrick alongside my main man, Mike Gandolfo, coming at you for what has turned into a three-hour show this morning. Nine till noon will be on the air. How are you doing this morning, Mike? Uh, I am doing fantastic. Had a good Halloween with the with the kids. We're able to, you know, kick it off, first off, with the biggest sports story of yesterday, for sure, with... Uh, watching the Breeders' Cup Classic, I really and I and I gotta be uh, I gotta be honest here. I really felt, and I know Brian, the insider who uh, does horse racing shows with me from time to time and calls in the show, and I really did not think that American Pharaoh was going to win that race yesterday. And uh, just because of a lot of factors going into it that that proved that, that I thought were going to work against him, and uh, not only did he win. He won in impressive fashion, uh, led the entire way, looked like he was going to get challenged at the top of the stretch, and then just blew away the competition, winning by like six or seven lengths. And what an, just an amazing story that is for a horse to win the Triple Crown and win the Breeders' Cup Classic. I will say, though, if he didn't go against the toughest um, group of older horses, and Beholder getting scratched, I'm sure, helped him out a lot. But at the same time, he was you can't take anything away from the performance and who he was but and what he did. So quite possibly, you know, in the top three or four greatest racehorses of all time. So it's, it's a pretty— why, why not say number two? And the reason I say that is um, he's the only horse 36 years of the Breeders' Cup, or 32. He's the only horse ever to win the Triple Crown and the Breeders' Cup. Right. Well, even race in the Breeders' Cup. True. Yeah. Even uh, have the opportunity for right. that. Um, why, why, why say three or four? Why not say right behind Secretariat? Well, I think, um, like anything else, when especially in our sports world, we tend to have what happens right in front of us, and you know, and and tag things too quickly without letting things time pass and just giving some kind of, sort of perspective to it. Um, he definitely could be right there behind Secretariat. In in some ways you can make an argument that he could be he could surpass Secretariat. I mean I I don't put too much into his pace of the race and the and the times and all that kind of stuff. Again, because I think racing's so different now and I don't think Secretariat's record will ever be broken because of that. Because of the, how different racing is. Um and I think the competition that he had to go against was was much harder. American Pharaoh's competition was much harder than what Secretariat had to go through, even though Secretariat had the one horse that he went uh, back and forth with. Uh, so, but I, I think give him some time and give him some perspective, and I think he could be looked at that way. Okay. What do you think? I mean, there are indisputable numbers that go into that, right? Track times. But see, track times aren't indisputable. They're really not because okay, maybe they're disputable, but they're they're um, objective. They are, but I guess what I'm trying to say with track times is it takes track times are so much influenced by the other horses in the race, not just how fast this horse is go. This horse is going to go. It's not like I, I guess the it's so dependent on these longer races on how fast the early pace is set by the field, and uh, you know that doesn't necessarily mean that. Because his t- American Pharaoh's times are slower, that he wouldn't be as fast as Secretary if they went head to head. Now, from nine till ten on Sundays, normally what we have is the knockout hour, and this morning we've had a little bit of a change of plans. However, we do have our man Gary Thomas Jr. of Bluegrass MMA 
on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line with us this morning. How are you doing this morning, Gary? Gary is is there with us. I think he stepped out of the room right now. We will get him on as soon as possible. We'll do. It's coming to be like a kind of like a combo show, right? Uh, could be a combo show if we get him on. Yeah, we love Gary. You know, certainly Gary out of uh, Georgetown, Mount Sterling, Kentucky. I thought it was Mount Sterling. Oh, Georgetown, Kentucky. Okay, so um, Gary will update us on any of the. Uh, Boxing or mixed martial arts stories that are relevant uh, across the, the, the world and right we're, now. We're two weeks away from Ronda Rousey okay. getting back in the ring. Are you excited about that? I am. I'm also excited about three weeks away from Canelo and uh, Miguel Cotto, so the Mexico-Puerto Rico battle, which supposedly it's in the works that the winner of that fight will face a, a Gannity Golovkin. And I heard you're very much on Team Puerto Rico. You could say that. <laughs> Uh, and then that would be a huge fight. I mean, the that would be a huge, huge fight. So, Canelo, what, what would it be Canelo versus Cotto? Uh, well, that's a big fight. You know, I mean, just from being around you guys, I know that. But then the winner of that taking on Golovkin, um, would be just really big, right? I mean, uh, Golovkin hopefully gets more and more mainstream because I think he could really be the person who kind of. I mean, we talked before. If he was American, I think he stays boxing. Yeah, you know, but because they, he he has such heavy gloves. Yeah, he's the, exactly the type of fighter that Americans want to watch. It's not this wussy Floyd Mayweather who just dances around and doesn't get hit. Do you honestly think Floyd Mayweather's a wuss? Yeah, absolutely. Seriously? I don't. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Okay. Do you think Ronda Rousey could beat him in an MMA fight? I think Ronda Rousey would beat him in an MMA fight. You think Ronda Rousey could beat him in a boxing match? No. No, because he, he's a boxer. Yeah. Okay. But you are excited about the Rousey matchup, even though it's against Holly Holm. Talk about Floyd Mayweather facing off against Cairns. Well, she doesn't who have, does Who does Ronda Rousey face off against? She needs to have someone to fight, without doubt. And, of course, hopefully that Cyborg-Ronda Rousey fight happens somewhere down the road. Uh, I know Ronda is insisting that Cyborg has to cut weight to get down there, but I wouldn't even mind if they figured out a way to do a happy medium. I don't know if there is a happy medium, though, for her to do that. But um, otherwise, I think Ronda just needs to start fighting guys. You think that'll ever happen? No. No. I wish it would, though. You know? I, I don't think it'd be fair. That's That goes back to the uh, Floyd Mayweather or Ronda Rousey thing. I, I don't think that that would be fair. I think men are in or superior to, to, to women physically, um, especially when it comes to anything that has to do with strength. Yeah, I mean, I I think she's pretty strong though. I mean, yeah, but I'm, I bet I'm stronger than her. You very well could be. So you're very sexist. Or you're saying women can't do what men do in that in that field. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sexist. Yes. Okay. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Buzzline five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Kelly Patrick, despite having a what would we say unisexual name? Uh, very much a unisexual name, Kelly. Yes. Um. He's actually a sexist. Give us a call. <laughs> let us know what you have to think. You have to say about that. We would love to hear from you. But you will watch at your cigar shop. Uh, no, actually, cigar I will club. not. Okay. You're not going to watch the, the Ronda Rousey fight? I will be, and I won't be here for the show in two weeks either. I will be in Boston. So. Owner of the Red Sox give you tickets or something? No, the Red Sox aren't playing. That's uh, right. Baseball's over. About- a, a good buddy of mine who uh, used to coach with me when I was a head coach, and he was one of my assistants, is uh 
making his first ever. Uh, he's he's now a, a college head coach, and he's got his first game. So I'm going to go college basketball head coach. Yeah, what's the school? Wheelock College in Massachusetts. What division? Division three. Very cool. Yeah. So I'm going to go up there for his first game. He doesn't know. So hopefully he's not listening to the show. So Probably is. I'm going to surprise him. In all seriousness, what we do here on the, the knockout hour every Sunday is we talk about a niche, and that is boxing and mixed martial arts. That's exactly what it is in the Midwestern United States. It's not, that main, not a very mainstream topic to discuss. Horse racing is also a niche. You and Brian the Insider have in, in some way carved yourself out as that being a niche for you. Do you see any parallels between the combat sports and uh, horse racing? We've seen um, we've seen boxing get the fight that we've all waited for for many years in Manny Pacquiao versus Mo- Floyd Mayweather. Okay, yeah. that came to fruition. Now we've seen a triple crown winner in our lifetime. And basically, my lifetime basically happened on the same night. Yeah, I mean, well, at least the no, triple right, crown right path on this, right at the, on the same, same time. Night. Exactly. Um, well, well, then that was Derby night. No, yeah, you're right. So this, so that's. Um, Interesting how those two paths cross. But you're definitely looking at two sports that in the early in the early 20th century were the two premier sports out there with baseball. We throw let's throw baseball in the mix, right? Yeah, except baseball makes so much damn money that I don't even feel they do. But have they fair. not have they not lost market share? They I mean they lost people, something. How many people back then cared so much about baseball? They don't care about baseball at all now. A lot. So. But there's also a lot more people around today. So, so a niche sport now, baseball, has many more followers than they did in the 19, in, you know, 1910. Probably. I don't have a calculator in front of me or the numbers, but I would guess. There's more. There's plenty of support behind baseball. You're wearing a Yankees hat. I'm looking at you wearing a Yankees hat. I am. But baseball generates so much revenue. It's really just to represent the whole city of New York as far as the Knicks and the Rangers go right now. In big cities... In big cities, not the Mets. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Knicks and Rangers fan. I'm not really much of a Mets fan. Okay, but the whole city of those baseball towns, they are so into baseball, right? You oh, spent yeah. you spent more time outside of Louisville than I have in big cities like that. How big is baseball in Boston? Yeah, well, I mean, Boston's huge. Or San Francisco? You were there recently. I was not in San Francisco. San Diego. Okay. San Diego. I mean, they could care less. Um, like, not care less. I mean, if the Padres were good, I'm sure they would care. And there's, it's something fun to do. I think in most of these cities, in most of these cities, it's something fun to go do every once in a while. Go check out a game, you know, have a beer. Just kind of like how we treat the bats, right? Mm-hmm. You can probably go to th- two or three bats games a year. It's probably on Thursday night when you can go get $1 beers <clears throat> and all that other kind of stuff. The uh, There are a handful of baseball towns. St. Louis, I would say Boston. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is definitely one of them. Um, New, I, w- I mean, I think New York, because there's just sheer size, can handle pretty much anything from that size. I struggle putting Chicago in there as a baseball town. I think they're a party town that just happened to parties around the Cubs. They don't really, really care about the baseball that much. Um, maybe Kansas City's turned into that kind of a baseball town. You know, but it's hard to tell because they're they're good and it's easy to follow somebody when they're good, right? Oh yeah, it's not so much when they're when they're terrible. But I'm and I might even put San Francisco in that realm. But I, the Giants haven't been have been so competitive for so long. I don't know. 
again, if they weren't good, if the, if the fan base would care as much. I think, like in Cincinnati's case, yes, their attendance was probably down this year because they weren't very good, and it was easy to get tickets, but the fan base cares, you know, and it's something that they're talking about consistently. Um, now, now in our shows, we don't have a specific script that we're going to follow. Not but, at all. We but, don't even know like what's going to happen the next But it's just two minutes. guys talking sports, and I think that's what makes it spontaneous and enjoyable for me. And we're normal fans. That's pretty much it. We don't ha- hide behind our fandom. And so the direction of this conversation leads me to ask you, what do you think of the polar opposite teams that won Don Mattingly coached last year and now will be coaching this upcoming year? When he had the biggest payroll in baseball and possibly the best ownership support in baseball from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now he's down with the Miami or Florida Marlins, whatever they are. Um, an organization that chews up and spits out coaches like no other professional team possibly out there. Also an organization that looks like that every once in a while will spend the money to go. Ch- when they feel like the scenario is right, they'll go spend the money. For one year, one shot at the title. It's it worked for him twice. It's worked for him twice, but... It, twice. That, twice. That's entirely lightning in a bottle. They tried to get... You think hope. that's lightning in a bottle? Think of that sample size. It's so small. It's not even 20 years. What did they have? Josh Beckett one time and um, someone else. It was 97 when they won the first. Yeah. And then in the early 2000s... Josh Beckett was on that team. Well, the... Was Josh... Yeah, Josh Beckett was on that team. Um, Was that the year that the of Bartman... Maybe. I think Bartman was 2004. Yeah, but didn't they lose to the Marlins? Mo- the Marlins Moises, going, Mar- I, think, I, think Bartman, I think Bartman was 2003, just FYI, off okay. the top of my head. I'm looking it up. But, uh, but, but my question is, is, what do you think of the polar extremes that when Don – you grew up in a, a little bit – you're a little older than me. Do you remember Don – was Don Mattingly ever your favorite player or anything like that? He was that? not my favorite player uh, my favorite player had his same initials, and they played for a, a terrible team because when I was growing up, the Yankees were awful. Don't tell me. DM? Yeah. So uh, another terrible team that had a great player with the initials DM, who was also a borderline Hall of Famer and didn't get in because Don Manley's never going to be in the Hall of, Famer, Hall of Fame. But this guy, I think you could make the same case for the Hall of Fame as you could Don Manley, if not more so. Don't tell me, okay? I won't. We'll continue with the show, please. All right. But Don Mattingly, when he was on, he was almost like Bo Jackson. Or someone like that who had a short window of greatness, right? Um, I mean, he was pretty good the majority of the 80s. Okay. I mean, in Evansville, Indiana native, so he's kind of a local guy. Isn't Scott Rowan also from Evansville? Jasper. Jasper, okay. How do you like that? I mean, I'm pulling that stuff just. That is impressive. Thank you. All right. Um, all right. Um, so the, the guy you were thinking of, is he a Red? No. I, I like this team before I like the Reds and. This was a team that was on TV all the time around here. It'll narrow it down. DM. So it was probably the uh, Braves. Yeah? Yeah. Because of TNT or TBS, Turner Network. Um, uh, DM. I don't know. Who was it? Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy. Okay. That was my guy. The second most uh, popular Murphy around when it comes to baseball now. <laughs> because of Daniel Murphy? Yes. So Daniel Murphy now – is off. not so much doing what he's you know, in the World Series. He's ha- hitting around 100 in the World Series, has no home runs, no RBIs, and last night had a very costly error that could have cost the Mets the game. So um, Daniel Murphy's popularity, which was at an all-time high, has really uh, kind of fallen off. And, and now the Mets are probably 
down three games to one. They'd had to win. They'd had to win their next game in New York, which I guess is tonight. I don't know. Are they going head to head with NFL Sunday? Or are they going to take a day off and play tomorrow? Uh, I, I, don't, I really don't know. And then, um, and then go to Kansas City and pull two off in Kansas City. How about, by the way, before we go on any further, the first game of the World Series, which I don't know if you watched or not, was in, just incredible. Volquez looked great. Yes. And- the Royals won in 14s. And then Cueto comes and throws a two-freaking-hitter to win game two. Sand in the wo- in the, the wounds of Reds fans everywhere. So, you know and what, you didn't though? even mention Eddie Volquez and his story with his father. With father dying. And right. Them choose, knew. Everybody yeah. knew but him. Right. What a wild story is that. Game one in the World Series. And then I guess Volquez would have pitched last night, but I don't think he... I don't think he did um, because of, uh, you know, because of his father. The game five is today at 8.15 p.m. on Fox. Or is Volquez pitching tonight? No, Volquez is pitching tonight. And it is at 8 o'clock tonight on Fox. They're going to go head-to-head with Sunday Night Football. And it's a huge Sunday Night Football game, isn't it? Is tonight the uh, – is it the, the Patriots versus the Colts? I mean, the Patriots versus the uh, Broncos? Is that right? I'll have to double-check. I know they play today. Someone legitimately asked me last night, hey, Kelly – you think I should start Ryan Fitzpatrick or Peyton Manning? And that's a legitimate question right now, is it not? How wild is that? Except, uh... I would always go with Peyton Manning. No, tonight's, uh, yeah, tonight's Green Bay and Denver. I'm sorry, not the Patriots, but the Packers versus the Broncos tonight. So you got, could be the last game of the World Series tonight, and one of the <clears throat> the premier ever Sunday night football games that you're ever going to get with Rodgers versus Peyton Manning, two undefeated teams on Sunday night football. And it's not in Green Bay, so it's not a for sure win, and you got Denver's unbelievable defense. So, um, I don't know. What a great day. And then you, you can't forget about, I'm sure, a game that you're a little bit excited about today. you got the Steelers and Bengals. Roethlisberger coming back. Yeah, huge game for my Bengals. Huge statement game. At the end of the day, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Yes. The Bengals do not have to win this game to make the playoffs. Can't say much for my team, but your team will make the playoffs. No, your team is, is terrible. Is not doing very well. Carlos Hyde's not bad. But the Bengals don't have to win this. What they have to do is prove to their fans and to baseball, I'm sorry, to football fans across the country that Andy Dalton and this team can show up in the prime time. This is the epitome of what they've struggled with over the last few years in the Andy Dalton era. Is when all the chips are on the line and you're 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 you got the collective eyeballs of the country, they choke. But they had that already with Seattle. They did. And they were on the verge of choking. And they just came through with a clutch win via field goal in overtime. Amazing. Of course the Seahawks I don't think are nearly as good as They've choked away so many close games. Yeah. Very interesting with the Seahawks. Could you, is there a scenario out there where the Seahawks don't make the playoffs? Yeah. What's the record? It's really plausible right now, right? I mean, and what kind of shakeup, especially when you consider they probably brought in Jimmy Graham and made some changes where they thought they were putting them, setting themselves up for a Super Bowl. Um, I wonder what kind of shakeup that, hap- that happens. Uh, three and that four. causes. They're three and four. I mean, they're definitely Arizona's win that division. If they're not careful, St. Louis could finish second. Is that is that out of the question? The Rams finishing second in that division? Now the Rams are, are a very talented young team. They've got arguably the best defensive front in football. Am I wrong? 
They're very good. I picked them up as a defense on my fantasy team because I thought they were highly undervalued as far as the defense that they could be. They're only three and three right now, but I mean, they tell. They play against your 49ers today, so that's, that's a win. three and four. Yeah. <laughs> or four of course, you know what? The 49ers win that game, then 49ers now have three wins, and they're sitting right there, and they're a, a weird drive against the Giants from being on the other side of that, you know? So um, don't get me wrong. I think the 49ers are terrible, and uh, I have no idea what's going to happen there. What do you think of this? Today – at London's Wembley Stadium, there's a game between the Lions and the Chiefs. At 9.30? Is that the time? Let's see. Yeah, 9.30 a.m., five minutes from now. Lions, 1-6, facing off against the Chiefs, 2-5. and five. All right, so then i got to make a decision real quickly, and right now he's on my bench. Do I start Jeremy Macklin or not? Yeah, someone was asking me about that the other day also. The Chiefs don't have that big play potential because of Alex Smith's relatively limited arm. Am I wrong? Yes. And but Jeremy Macklin specializes in those deep balls. But he's been pretty good this year. He's their, their best option. Yeah. But I'm, um, here's who I got before we make this because we have to make the decision really fast. Right, we got we have four minutes to make this decision. I've got Eric Decker. I've decided to sit down because I think he's questionable today and uh, he's a little banged up. So I'm not going to go with Eric Decker. In the lineup right now, I got Mike Evans, who's going up against the Falcons. And the Falcons have been in shootout-type games, so I kind of like that. And I got the very uh, disappointing Brandon Cooks in the lineup. Do I go with Jeremy Macklin over either one of those guys? I would go with Macklin, I guess. You go with Macklin over Cooks or Evans? Cooks is going up against the Giants uh, at home, and... uh Evans is going up against the Falcons. I go up with go go with him over Evans. I'm sorry, over Cooks. All right, I'm gonna make the change. <laughs> per my recommendation, yes, we go. I don't know that that's now. We'll tell you that that's pretty safe because the fantasy, um, the fantasy diff- the projected was only a, a half a point difference. One was at seventeen point eight. One was at seventeen point three. Cooks was projected to have a bigger game, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Cooks has been so disappointing this year um i'm, I'm with it so all I'm right gonna, we made the change I'm gonna, in. I'm gonna do an nba fantasy league this year well it's, is it a little late or what no you can always start them yeah a bunch of people from my work i could probably get you in it if you wanted yeah I, I, actually i'm paying more attention to the nba this year okay so i'd be into that right now and i'm waiting for marcellus to call in and let me know marcellus will be in the league and so will mo i'm waiting for him to call in and let me know that okc is still undefeated and Westbrook is averaging over 40 points a game. They've got Westbrook averaging over 40 points a game right now and KD averaging over 30 points a game. What about Steph Curry going off last night? What did he end up with? He had 28 points in one quarter. Let me see what his total was. But he is something else. We could talk NBA preview all day long. I'm just, right now, as a Knicks fan, who the Knicks fan, Knicks only won seven away games all of last year. Uh-huh. And they're 2-0 and right now on the road with a win over Washington, who was in the playoffs and pretty freaking good last year. And Milwaukee, um, who, you know, is fair. Not, not not taking much from that. But, being, but they were picked as a sleeper, and they've got Jason Kidd. And Milwaukee um, picked by many to have a good year in the weak Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, 
the Knicks are doing something that most NBA teams don't. They're playing 10 guys. They've got six guys. They're fourth in the league right now in scoring, and that's with Melo. Melo went off last night, but he's still only averaging like 24, 25 points a game. they got six guys in double figures. Three of those guys are coming off the bench with a fourth guy coming off the bench that's averaging like 9.7. And they're playing 10 guys. And I just, uh, it's looked really good. I, I, I'm very excited about it so far. Carmelo Anthony, I was talking to one of my buddies about this yesterday. I think he's underrated. Really? I think he's underrated. And I would not have hurt my feelings if the Knicks would have let him go. Or anyone. You ask the average NBA fan out there, do you want Carmelo Anthony on your team? Salary cap restrictions aside, I think the majority of people would say no thanks. Right? Obviously, with his huge contract, it would be advantageous to dump him at certain times. But I'm talking salary cap restrictions aside, I think most people out there would not want Carmelo Anthony, the black hole, on their team. Am I wrong? I'm going to put him in the same category as Russell Westbrook. I'm not. Except with the. Russell idea. Westbrook receives much more critical acclaim than. Carmelo, am I wrong? I'm talking about like, can you win with those guys? Okay. Now the difference being, Melo won at Syracuse and is one year at Syracuse. I mean, they won the title. And that there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for that. Um, Russell Westbrook, on the other hand, well, UCLA went to a Final Four, I think. Yes. Um, they went to a lot of Final Fours in that stretch, but the, I, think I think he, he only went to one. Okay. Is that right? I don't know. He may have played more than one year. He wasn't that heralded. He wasn't that heralded. No, it's true. Um, but Ben Hallen, I was going to try to make some kind of a joke about Ben Hallen's bizarre program he was running there, right? <laughs> yes. We haven't talked about that much, really. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, but that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was interesting. Um, so, those reports. Um, but well, now he's doing in Stark Vegas. Where? He's down in Starksville, Mississippi State. Just Billy Gillespie it up. I guess. He got one of the top five recruits last year, so. And he put together Kevin Love, Russell Westbrook. Um, I mean, a hell of a. Who am I leaving off? Darren Collison. And he had a he had a was great Darren group. Collison there? Am he I was wrong? he was there. I don't know if that was that was in that team uh, or not. But they had a great group of guys. Um, but I think Carmelo Anthony's underrated because I think he's the best scorer in the NBA. And not only is he a volume scorer, the best scorer in the NBA. I think he's the best offensive threat in the NBA. Well, Okay, hold who, on. Who, 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 who do you you tell me? I'm looking up James numbers. Harden. All right, let's look this up, okay? Steph Curry. No, 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 okay. Let's look this up. James Harden, career field goal percentage is what I'm looking for. Well, do we want to no, take, no, no, do we gonna... take a break is what I'm going to ask and then come back and discuss this. Do <laughs> you hear how excited I was? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's see here. We Dude. will take a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in to this extended version of the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Be sure to stay tuned. Mike and I will be right back.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside my partner in crime, Mike Gandolfo, for a special three-hour extended version of the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. Cutting it really close there with Closer by Nine Inch Nails, but we, we, uh, we stayed safe there, didn't we, Mike? I'm sorry, we, you, were, you were muted. We stayed safe there, didn't we? Yeah, n- unlike Mother's Day. Unlike Mother's Day, which we do not want to refer to. <laughs> um, so, uh, the Lions and Chiefs have kicked off. I've got Jeremy Macklin in the lineup. Hopefully, uh, obviously, the Lions have lost enough on North American soil that they decide to go see how they can lose on European soil. Um, the Lions, and we're going to go back to our NBA talk, topic here in a second with the, the, the scoring prowess of certain guys in the NBA. The Lions should not be 1-6, should they? I wouldn't think so. I mean, they have Hiladi Nada on the defensive line. I always look to the interior of the defense. Their offense is terrible. Their offense is bad, but I really have always liked Matthew Stafford. you got Calvin Johnson. Now, I, I'm there with you. I think on paper. I'm hearing there's a trade, by the way. What, they're getting rid of Calvin Johnson? Yeah. Where would he go? Carolina. Where, and what's interesting? Wow. Wow. That, would that be a match made in heaven or what with Cam Newton's big arm and nobody to throw to? Um, and they got the cap room. How good's Carolina? If they got Calvin Johnson and it, and it meshed, it worked, they could be scary good. And they're in a division where they – I mean, Atlanta's in that division, right? So they got they got another one other good team. It's them, New Orleans – uh, who's the fourth team in that? Is it Tampa Bay? Is that right? So I, I believe that's right. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta, and uh, yeah, Carolina, NFC South. So I mean, it's a it's a it's a win. It's even though Atlanta is doing really well, it's still a winnable division, and uh, not you know you're making the playoffs, and they can make a lot of noise if they got Calvin. Um, they were they're only a couple years removed from being in the NFC Championship game, right, and losing to the 49ers. Yeah. What do you think of the weekend sports buzz theory? As it's been coined <laughs> so widely. What do you, you know where I'm headed with this. I do not, but go ahead. Right, with the diva wide receivers. Oh, the diva wide receivers. It's like as far as like you don't. You know, the weekend the, sports, sports buzz theory. As far as um, no team that's – there's only been a couple teams that have gone, won the uh, Super Bowl with an all-pro wide receiver. Yeah, yeah and that's an, that's an extreme case. What I mean by that is your articulation – was very specific. What I mean is someone like Cal- one of those super receivers, Calvin Johnson. There's not been many of them, right? No. Do you, am I exaggerating by using the term super receiver? When you say super receiver, I say Randy uh, Moss, Calvin Johnson. Even well, let's AJ put the guys in the in the that are now. Would you put Calvin, AJ, Dez? I would certainly put Dez. Julio Jones. You got to put Julio Jones in there per, Odell. for his. Uh, no, I would not put Odell there. Not yet. No, I think Odell is in large part an amazing athlete, but he also Off one be- catch. He's kind of okay. Yeah. All right. He also benefits from playing with a quarterback who stretches the field ridiculously well, and who unlike his uh, brother, uh, unlike his brother these days. But yeah, you're right. But but I think that, that Eli Manning has helped receivers shine. Um, as well as anyone else, oftentimes so, receivers who didn't have that great 
of uh, accolades coming in. Odell Beckham Jr. at LSU is a great athlete, don't get me wrong, but I think he's really benefited from the quarterback he's partnered with. And that one play. He's benefited from that one play. Certainly that one play has benefited. Antonio Brown? I don't think he's there. He's amazing. I'm talking about the 6'5", 4'3". So we got four of those guys in the league right now. Is that what you're saying? 6'5", 4'3". They can lay you out if they want to, blocking. We got four of those guys? Yeah. A.J. Green, Des Calvin Bryan. Johnson, Des, Des Bryant, uh, and, and Julio. Julio okay? Jones. I don't think those guys are, are, are the type guys that win Super Bowls. 502-384-1450. Just like it goes with our Russell Westbrook-Carmelo Anthony discussion. It does. There's got to be some exceptions. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz line. Is you, the, I can't think of an exception right now, though. Who's on the baseball side? Jonas Cespedes? Um, what do you mean? Because he strikes out? No, just like the unbelievably like stupid, talented guy. Manny Ramirez. But Manny won. Manny won, but he made boneheaded plays in the outfield. He did make boneheaded plays in the outfield. Edwin Encarnacion is someone who's relevant today. But who we, makes boneheaded plays at third base, but also makes spectacular highlight reel plays at third base. And he's got the bat with the power and the pop. Um, there are examples. I think baseball is a little bit more difficult to quantify. I think comparing football and basketball may be a little easier. I think I may be wrong. Is Adam Dunn? Does he fit that bill? Jack Cust? Billy Bean? I don't think Adam Dunn was that dominant. Like, Jonas Cespedes could be, like, a, one of the top four players in the league. And he's jumped from team to team. And it doesn't seem like – I mean, the Mets are in the World Series – I don't know. It looks like they're not going to win the World Series. I, uh, you never know. I would put, you know, Jonas Cespedes, Yasiel Puig, that kind of, and you know, that kind of. Josh guy. Hamilton? Yeah, unfortunately. But, okay. of course, he's not. That's a whole not he's not what he was anymore. That's a whole different story. Yeah. Um, but I think Russell Westbrook, comparing to him to. Uh, Mello? Mello is good. So, but I think, I think Mello can win. I hope so. We're going to find out this year. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not going to listen. It's three games in the NBA season. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Knicks are fixed and the Knicks are back on track. And you know, it looked like they made some solid off-season moves. They got Lopez. Porzingis is getting rave reviews. Porzingis is playing better than what people thought. He got booed on draft day. Isn't it funny how? The, the people who get booed, armchair quarterbacks. Remember when Mario Williams was taking number one overall over Reggie Bush? Remember that? Remember the outrage over how could you take a defensive end over a flashy running back who won the Heisman Trophy? And not only that, I mean... Uh, it's because Charlie Casserly knows what... He's a general manager in the NFL for a reason. And well, and look at... Reggie Bush has not been the NBA, NFL player that anyone thought he would no, be. No, but Mario Williams has consistently been on top ten defenses year in, year out. And he's still contributing. The Bills are, are not that good right now. But um, I think it's funny who gets booed on draft day. It is. and and But I don't think the – I liked the Porzingis pick. I didn't think it was going to pay off right away, but I thought remember it could pay off down the road. Phil Jackson's explanation was just so crit- – I don't even remember what it was. I remember a Twitter outrage, though. And I, I like the fact uh, – so Porzingis is playing a lot better right now than I anticipated he was going to play. I think uh, – I really felt like 
this Knicks team, they made good, solid adjustments, and they were going to be better. I mean, they only won 17 games last year. They're going to be better, right? I mean, it's impossible to be worse, I guess. Um, I like Derek Williams. You know what I'm just looking at? What? Last year, the Knicks started off 2-1 and one also. <laughs> and they still only won 17 games. After they started off 2-1, and one, they went went ahead and they lost uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 straight. Um, so hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't. I do think this is a different Knicks team. I love some of the little pickups they made. I love the 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 NBA draft trade for Jerry and Grant uh, to be a backup point guard. Um, they're. I like the pickup of um, of Lopez. I like the pickup of um, the the guy who's coming off the bench at power forward. They 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 drafted Porzingis to play power forward, right? But then they went and they um, they picked up man, whom I'm blanking on the guy's name. Played in San Antonio to be kind of his this guy's backup to be Porzingis' backup. Okay, and the guy's coming off the bench and spell and giving Porzingis just some. They like, got Kylo Quinn. They've got not uh, him. Duan, no, not Duan Blair. He's on Washington. I'm looking at the wrong. Um, Derek Williams. Derek um, Williams. Derek Williams. I like him at Arizona. Yeah, he was a number two overall draft pick. Yeah. Um, never really kind of uh, panned out, you know. And he is now coming in, and I think he's the next lead, second leading scorer coming. He averages thirteen point three points a game, three point three rebounds, and um, really just kind of. I said he was the Spurs. He was with the Kings. I don't know what I was. Yeah, saying. I was going to say I didn't think he was with the Spurs. Got drafted by the Timberwolves, and uh, an athletic four man, and um, really, it's a great fit. It's a great fit, and I just uh, the Knicks. I'm hoping. Can just hang around five hundred, give themselves a chance to make the playoffs, and get this thing kind of moving in the right direction. Still coached by Derek Fisher. Yeah, but that's going to be interesting to see what happens. You mean what about that story about Derek, so Derek weird, Fisher right? and Matt Barnes? How weird is that? <laughs> How weird is that? I love your your uh, what would it be naivety? Is that a word? <laughs> naivety? My naivety or mine too? Where that seems so far fetched. For two grown men to catch a flight to fight each other? Can you explain the story to our listeners, please, Mike? Well, basically, from the back, let's hear the Barnes, backstory and everything. Barnes's ex-wife, estranged wife. I don't even know if they're ex-wife. I think it's estranged. I don't know if they're officially divorced. Barnes calls his kid to check in with his kids who's living with his wife, and the kid basically tells him that Fisher's over there. <laughs> Barnes and Fisher played together, right? They did. And so Fisher Fisher is dating Barnes's estranged wife. Fisher's married, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and uh, so Barnes is going over there to going to fly across the country to, you know, kick Fisher's butt. I don't know. It's just weird. And look, here's a, a, a an article in the New York Post. Fans painfully remind Matt Barnes about Derek Fisher dating his wife. So, of course, Matt Barnes, much like LeBron James did with the um, – who was that crazy guy who got caught on the motorcycle who supposedly slept with LeBron James? Bobby, Bobby Petrino? No. Oh. Who got – supposedly was with uh, LeBron James's mother. <laughs> I remember that. Was That wasn't meta, was it? No. It was uh... – No. Someone like Matt Barnes, someone who – he played for Cleveland, Deontay West. <laughs> or De- Wait, what was his name? Uh, the, the, the guy who played at uh, Xavier? Yes, what's his name? Uh, it is West. Um, 
Not David West, is it? No, David West is the guy who played at um, at uh, was it Butler? He plays for the Spurs now. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about, though. Delonte. It might, it might have been something like that. Yeah. Let's see. But he was the guy who got caught on a – he has some mental illness. He got caught on a motorcycle with, like, an automatic weapon, and he was running from the police going, like, 150. Delonte West. Yep. First thing that comes up when you Google him is Delonte West, uh, LeBron. <laughs> so much. forever linked to uh, LeBron James. But interesting stories makes for good fodder for talk radio, right? Yeah. Just like, you know. Any kind of sex scandal does. <laughs> but yes, Derek Williams fitting great with the Knicks. Uh, they've been able to, Derek Fisher side of things have not been. You know, I wonder if Derek Fisher has to get let go in the middle of the year. Does Phil Jackson step in? I don't know. You know, we see across sports. Who was the team who, all right, it was the, the Miami Marlins where the general manager did that last year. Yeah, and he just... He just—he had no head himself. coaching experience, right. let alone being the most successful coach in the history of the sport. Right. So Phil Jackson, I think if he wants to. Oh, if he wants to. At any time, no one's really going to argue with him saying, hey, guys, I've won 11 rings. 11, right? Yep. I think I should be able to, you know. I think also the. Uh, coach this team. I'm kind of going back to that kind of discussion. Pete Rose has been awesome on the World Series coverage. Oh, yeah. And uh, I really want him to manage the Reds. Do you really? Yeah. Why? Just for the even just for the novelty of it. Even the novelty, it, okay. Even if, if admit, it's a clown show, if you admit to it, that's what it is. He's seventy four or something like that. Who cares? He Jack, knows remember, baseball, remember right? Jack McKeon. Does he, he not know baseball? Does Pete Rose know baseball? He's got more hits than anyone in the history of the sport, and it's an old sport. He was a pretty successful manager with the Reds the first time around. He was. He was there right before would be they went back to the World Series, right? Entertaining as hell. He's going to – is he going to – no one – how many managers in baseball have an ego bigger than anyone on their team? He would be the Rex Ryan of uh, or the Jose Guillen. Remember Jose Guillen? <laughs> yeah, entertaining. I want him as the Reds manager. Where's he I don't at? know about that. <laughs> Why not? I just – he's a little too explosive for me. Not that Pete Rose wouldn't be, but at least Pete Rose has got a connection, you know? Is that his name? Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy Guillen. Ozzy Guillen. My bad. I want him because I love exciting press conferences. <laughs> Especially exciting baseball conferences. He, has, he hasn't managed in the major league since 2012. So <laughs> apparently not everybody thinks it's a great idea to bring him in. We're jumping all over the place. We are. That's okay, though. We haven't even touched on college basketball, which starts today. Uh-huh. Louisville and Bellarmine. We haven't touched on the, 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 the scandal. No, and you know what? There's not a lot to update on the scandal. Um. Beyond the whole ACC media days came and went, the two guys that Louisville was throwing to the fire, they did pretty good. They they, they were fine. They kind of still stole the show. Um, I'm sure you know. Again, I don't. I think that whole story of Patino not going there was the most overblown thing. And I'm a Kentucky fan. I don't think there's anything to it. It's you know, Louisville did not want Patino to be in a situation where he might say something. And the ACC and Swafford came out and they said, yes, it is mandatory. However. We don't want you in here. In this case, we don't want you here. Per it, legal advice, we're going along with it. So well, not only that, but if you're the ACC, would you rather the focus be on basketball and what's going on in the court or focus on Rick Pitino's sex scandal? You're asking me. I mean, if I'm the ACC, I'd rather focus on the sex scandal. 
But the ACC would rather have it focus the, on. The, the ACC would rather focus on basketball. I don't know why, <laughs> but they would rather focus on the nuts and bolts of the actual sport. Now, let's t- you talk about this, and we only got eight minutes before we have to head to a break, but Louisville was picked seventh in the ACC in the, in the preseason. Um, and Rick Pitino shockingly made some co- statements. Have you heard this? I have not heard this. That this is actually the best basketball team he's ever coached. Yeah, that's... Uh, did you hear that? No, I did not. <laughs> I'll find that clip. <laughs> that's... Uh, okay. Um, anyway, I like... He really said that. He's never coached a team that's this together, and um, I don't know. So, all right, I'll, I'll you know, find Going back to this, though, Duke was picked third. I mean, I think you know Carolina is probably the best team in the ACC. Duke and Virginia are going to battle it out um, for the for the second second spot. And but Duke is talented. I mean, I, they definitely could be right there. Uh, and Virginia, even though they still lost, they lost a ton. And without Anderson last year, who they they lost Anderson, they struggled without Anderson. You know. Um, I remember that was the story on that team for the whole year was is Anderson playing. Right. Um, I like uh, – I'm not surprised, I guess, by Louisville being selected seventh. Me neither. I think Notre Dame is probably squarely number four. And then that, that group with Miami, who Miami was picked ahead of Louisville, which I could see Louisville finishing ahead of Miami – North Carolina State was picked right after Louisville. I could see that going either way. I mean, because North Carolina State has some really good talent. Um, they still have Cat Barber. They have Cat Barber. Yeah. Wow, how good could he be? Well, I mean, he's got some issues, man. I mean, who doesn't? All right, Mike. Let's. I mean, let's remember this: when you point a finger at somebody, <laughs> four, you, you've got four, four pointing right back. You've got at you. four fingers pointing right back at you, and I, I like to tell myself that. Um, on a daily basis, is don't point the finger at anyone else. Just do your thing, and uh, everything will be okay. Look, Rick Pitino tells his players they're his best team he's had in his 40 years of coaching. What do you think about that? <laughs> depends on what he means by team. And it depends on what sport he's referring to. <laughs> Maybe they're a extremely talented kickball team. <laughs> I th- you think? <laughs> Maybe they could be a very good kickball team. You know, it's so much just going to hinge on how those well those two fifth year seniors play, um, and how much scoring they. It's going to be good today because you're going to get a lot of answers. You're not going to get answers, but you're going to get a lot more clarification on how good this team can be. Because I love the fact that Louisville and Indiana are both playing Bellarmine. You know, if there's a Division two team out there that can help expose what you need to work on and give you a good test, it's Bellarmine, a team that's ex- extremely fundamentally sound, one of the best passing teams that you're going to find in basketball, a team that over the last six years has consistently been one of the best shooting teams in all of basketball, and they're going to play hard on defense. So, Do you think there'll be a legitimate test? It's a legitimate test from the standpoint of you're not going to blow them out by 30, Right. They're gonna they're gonna show you some things that you're doing well, some things that you need to work on, um, and they're gonna really help. Uh, they're gonna it's it's gonna be a good thing. It's it's a good thing. It's a good test. You know, I'm going to the Kentucky Ottawa game tomorrow. What's that gonna be like? You know, I mean, it's the Kentucky what Ottawa. 
That's who Kentucky's. Ottawa, is that in Canada? Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Okay. <laughs> How um, educated did I just sound? Fantastic. By the way, just going back to this. So Florida State is ranked is picked right ahead of Louisville at six. Miami's fifth. Uh, Florida State's got some guys who can score. I mean, that's that's a good quality basketball team. I think this shows the depth of the ACC because Syracuse is picked ninth, but they also are one of the teams that got a first-place vote. Wow. The ninth team in the conference. I bet Rick Pitino voted for them. because that's he was, what it was? He was happy that Jim Beheim didn't jump at his throat, which he has done at times in the past, and Rick was throwing a bone to his old boss. <laughs> and I think the fact that you have a Wake Forest at 11 – and Danny Manning, to me, has shown that he can move that basketball program in the right direction. And they've got it; they they're bringing in some decent guys. Um, Wake Forest, actually, they're bringing in a center that's originally from Louisville, Louisville Doral Moore, who can go in and, and play a Danny Manning style of game. He needs some work, uh, but he's a top hundred guy. Uh, they they got they could surprise people. You know, this the ACC's deep as always. They could have. Eight to nine tournament teams. Louisville's going to be right there on the bubble. And I could see Louisville, like I said last week, being as high as a four or five seed, and that's probably what their ceiling is. I know this is what I'm, we are notorious for doing, but before we head to a break, I'm going to ask. If Danny Manning pans out as a coach. Which is hard for these superstar players to do. That's what I'm going for. Where will he rank among coaches who were great players? Because he wasn't the greatest pro ever. But there's no knocking what no. he did at college. He's one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. Wow, that's true. Would you agree? Kansas. He single-handedly won okay. the title in 88. Okay, okay. Who was his coach, Larry Brown? Larry Brown was his coach, yeah. Larry Brown's everywhere. He is. He's just going to finish up his little suspension, and he's just right back on his way. And I think Cal was. He'll probably be on an NBA team I think Cal year. was an assistant on that team. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. I think the only time that Cal was under Larry Brown was when Larry Brown no, brought him he, back with the Sixers. He was an assistant under Larry Brown at Kansas. For sure. I'm almost positive. I think it's only when he gave him a chance and he said, let's see, though. John Cal Perry. No, he was 1982 to 1985 was an assistant at Kansas, so okay. he was not there. He was I Pitt- was wrong. He was an assistant at Pittsburgh then. I don't think Larry Brown was at Kansas in 82 and 85. Just have to check that out. So... um. Yeah, I mean, I, the, as far as the great players who have made, been great coaches, Isaiah Thomas was not <laughs> great coach. Although he brought a team to the NBA Finals. Larry Bird, not a great coach. No, actually, Larry Bird brought the team to the Finals, didn't he? Yes. Okay, well, you bring it. I think Larry Bird would have been a solid coach. I think being a coach in the NBA is a crapshoot. Larry Bird's, I think, doing a decent job as an executive. Would you say he's doing a pretty good job as an executive? In the NBA, yeah, where he doesn't have a superstar, sure. <clears throat> um. Bill Russell obviously is the one who won the he won a lot of titles, and he won one as a player coach. Um, is that why you said his name? Well, as for, yeah, he was a coach. Okay. Um, Lenny Wilkes. Lenny Wilkins was Lenny. He was he's been inducted in the Hall of Fame as both, as is John Wooden. I think he's like the all time winningest coach in the history of the NBA. Maybe he coached for about thirty. Seasons. And I don't know if you put him as, but if he was an NBA. Hall of Famer type player, I guess you have to put him in that. Sure. Right? I think he has a sub-500 record, though, as a coach, which hurts his case. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the extended version of the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. We will be back after this break. Stay tuned. Help me. I broke apart my insides. Help me. I've got no soul to 
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. I am Kelly Patrick alongside my partner, Mike Gandolfo. We're joined on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line by our man Brian the Insider, who I'm sure has plenty to say about the, what are we calling it, Mike? The Not Triple Crown, but the Grand Slam? The Grand Slam. About the first Grand Slam winner in the history of horse racing. And it's going to start with how him and I were both wrong. <laughs> okay, you both projected <laughs> yep. that yep. Uh, American yep. Pharaoh would lose. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, Mike and Kelly. How are both you gentlemen doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, a great day, great two days of racing and where the Phillies stole the show. I mean, we can say American Pharaoh stole the show, but anyone knows horse racing also would say the Phillies stole the show, winning three of the big races against the boys. And if Beholder would have been in that race, could have been four. We don't yeah, know. You're right. And they were the only Phillies in each one of those races. And, Mike, I see it year in and year out in, in America, in Europe. Uh, you, you'd have to say per capita, the Phillies are better. Uh, I mean, it's amazing what uh, – uh, but it was – I tell you, that turf was a great run. Uh, and they had the uh, – you know, against the uh, ARC winner. What a great show. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm very happy. I had a very successful two days of wagering. Mike, did you ever make it down there? I did not. I was supposed to go down Friday and possibly be on the air from 1 to 3, and my regular life got in the way, and it just was not going to happen. So, um, you know, I didn't make it down there. Uh, it sounds like, from all reports, that Lexington handled it really well. Yep. Um, yep. Well, much better than what we were projecting on that as well. I mean, yesterday well, could have been an absolute mess. We didn't mess. try to get out of there. We didn't try to get out of there either. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'd love for a caller to call in that might have been there that tried to get home and maybe took six hours to get. I don't know. I'm just speculating from my trips to Keeneland. It couldn't have been fun getting out of there. I do have one bone to pick with the Breeders' Cup in Keeneland on what otherwise was a fantastic day. And I don't know if many of the people realize this, but have you seen the attendance figures, Mike? I have not. Okay, it was a successful day. Uh, Friday, 44,000, which was a very good uh, Friday. Almost uh, impossible to fit into their grounds. And they didn't. And they didn't. Over 10,000 of those people were in, in the parking lot. But yet they get to count them in the official attendance. For the two-day total. Did they charge them to be in the parking lot? I don't think so. I think you just drive in. They've never charged me when I pull in, so No. But how you count, they counted over 20. They had a two-day attendance to total of 95,000, which is respectable, not nearly where Churchill's been. That would have been a one-day attendance. It could have been a one-day attendance to Churchill. It was. It was. Churchill had 95 for one day, and I think the top was in 2010. Churchill had a total two-day of about 112. But 20 of the 95,000, 20 of them. were in the parking lot. If they don't buy a ticket, I don't see how you can count them. And I don't know. I know that that tailgating down there in the hill is really popular. And unless they figure out a way to charge people to tailgate on the hill, and even then, they, and they'd have to almost have a way to wager out there. They do. They do. They have wagering windows, and they've got big screen TVs and stuff. But, I mean, boy, that's a liberty that I can't imagine Churchill Downs or a lot of other Okay, but is, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Is it much different than being in the infield for the Derby? Good point. That's a good point. Or the but paddock. But you are in there, and they are running around you. Uh, but it no, depends on what you can get. What, from my perspective, it depends on what you can get away with in that parking lot. Yeah, probably a lot. Um, I mean, like a lot. getting some beads, getting some beads, uh, sliding down a, a, a hill of porta pots while uh, intoxicated <laughs> and um, on uh, in the rain. This is what I got to deal with. This is the yeah, person man, that I'm dealing with. Yes. 
But Mike, you're right. Hats off to Pharaoh. What a great, I mean, you know, but I read an article by Andrew Beyer, the famed Daily Racing Forum columnist who actually has his own speed figures named after him, the Beyer numbers. And he said last week, he said that he was very disappointed because he called it correctly. He said there was no speed with the defection of beholder in the race. There was no speed. Pharaoh would get out in front and, and, and run uncontested on the lead, which he did. Now, fortunately, I did have FNX. Did you guys hear the story on the horse that finished second at 33 to 1? Love to hear that story, by the way. <laughs> it was FNX, and it was named after the owner of the horse got it, and he named it after his newly. His uh, FNX? FNX. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Cast and made a nice try out of what would have been a tough try to make any money at 3 to 5, but great wagering two days, and I did very, very well uh, and, and loved it. And that's what the Breeders' Cup is all about is – the, the big tickets, but uh, how about Run Happy, the three-year-old sprint setting a, a track record at a Super Saver? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was uh, the Keeneland track record of 108 and just exploded. He's got a, a female uh, trainer, a Borel, not related to our Calvin, but uh, uh, unheralded trainer and has got the fastest horse in the planet in Run Happy, a three-year-old. So, uh, that was unbelievable, but uh, I think it was a great day. The weather held out. Uh, the rains early in the week. They started with uh, you know very very wet conditions on the turf. Uh, Friday it was actually at one point I think a yielding turf, and then it progressively got better. But great great show by Keeneland. And you know I, I really think what's going to happen is the excitement that came out of the Breeders' Cup and it brought so many fans from Central Kentucky into it that have not been involved in it. It's going to set it up if Churchill can get the 2018, which they've applied for. And it's been, there's been a lot of improvements done, especially on the high-end uh, high tickets uh, at Churchill. And they said that the ticket revenue from Keeneland doubled over last year. The wagering, everything else has been flat. But the one thing that the Breeders' Cup made a ton of money on was the premium seating uh, doubled from Santa Anita. So well, a lot yeah, of people paid a lot of money. It was $600 a seat. For those for those premier boxes, wow! And so thirty six hundred dollars for a box, unbelievable. Like Derby, yeah, Getting up in the Derby range. But so, but what I think I think you'll see the Breeders' Cup award Churchill the two thousand eighteen because look at the track, look at what's happened to Churchill since the last time they've hosted the Breeders' Cup. They have that whole area. My wife and I call it the ghetto down there at the at the top of you know where the horses start for the Derby. Used to right. be the porta pots. That's beautiful now. And then the the mansion. And now they've got uh, all the owner's seats down there on the first floor. I mean, it is set up for premium seating. So I, the, uh, I think this will really help the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I'm a little disappointed because now they go to the West Coast for two years in a row. Yes, yeah. And Santa Anita obviously can handle the tra- handle it. Del Mar is a beautiful track, but it's smaller. They're going to have similar challenges that Keeneland has because it's kind of hard to get in and out of and all that other stuff. Um, You're going to have to spend a lot of money like Keeneland did. Keeneland did step up and spent. They said some of the new seating and some of the new tents and the new stuff that the temporary stuff they put in was the first time that that those uh, merchandise and and seating had ever been used at any facility. So it was state of the art. I saw it when I went to the track a couple Fridays ago. And uh, hats off to Keeneland. They did a fantastic job. and, And the surface played fair and safe and safe. That was a huge part because we were worried about that as well. Yep. But Pharaoh stole the show, and uh, but you know I got to be honest. I'm tired of seeing Bafford crying, and I'm really tired of the kid. You know I don't like that kid. 
what's his name? Uh, Bodie. I don't like <laughs> Bodie. I don't like Bodie. I mean, maybe I'm going out on a limb, but I don't care for Bodie. Bodie is ba- Baffert's son. Yes. Yeah, and he's always right in front of him and stuff. I, I just don't like. I don't like the way he carries himself. I just don't like the kid. How old is he? Oh, he looks like what? He's probably like ten now. What would you he say? He might be ten. I yeah. don't know. Had him in a suit. I just don't. He's not not a nice looking kid. It's not that. He just something about him really bothers me, <laughs> and I don't like the kid. <laughs> All right. Baffert crying. I mean, what's he, John Boehner now? I don't understand why Baffert cries all the time now. He won. <laughs> but I, I don't understand that. But, uh, hey, big news. Let me skip around here. I got some notes. Justin Thomas, the St. X First PGA was, victory. Yep, just a few hours ago in Malaysia, I think it was. Uh, uh, and very impressive. 22-year-old putting Louisville on the map. Uh, that was great to see. Hey, I'm watching an NFL game, guys, for the, uh, I think second or – well, you're watching the Lions. I don't know if they're an NFL team or not, but you are watching the Lions. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Kansas City go quarterback run about 50 yards. But let's get right into it, Mike. I know you've got to be upset. Very upset. Louisville, Louisville looked bad, got a win. But when, when Brent Musburger, who I can't stand, called Commonwealth Stadium Knoxville North, I couldn't believe it, and it was true. They scanned around. What happened to the U.K. fans, and why did they well, leave? In the third quarter. Well, I know why they left in the third quarter. And actually, I I was sitting with my buddy, and I was like, I would have left in the third quarter. I mean, giving up twenty. The game, the the way the game unfolded, you know, Kentucky struggling offensive from the from the very get go. You know, they just struggled offensively. We're very fortunate to, to pick up that fumble, return it for a touchdown, take an early seven nothing lead. Tennessee comes back, takes a ten seven lead with like what six minutes left to go in the second quarter. Kentucky scores to take a 14 to 10 lead and then the wheels just fall off and when you I, and I think that this has been the issue that I've uh talked about like I'm okay if they struggle as far as they're and they're coming to but they're moving in the right direction because they're competing the whole time the whole t- uh the whole way through it looked like they quit oh they did and, I, I agree 100% and I'll tell you right now if you quit I'm not going to sit out in the cold in the rain to watch a team that quit. You know, was it raining? I forget. Was it raining? It started raining in the third quarter. And Tennessee uh, fans, of course, they're they're used to about anything, but they did stay. It looked like when they showed it on TV, it was all orange, and I never thought I'd see that day. Kentucky had two yards in the first half offense. That's not that bad. (laughs) Two total yards. But here's my complaint, and you know, I've never been. I think Stoops is a great recruiter. And the talent level, but I, I have said from day one, he has never proven himself to be a good coach and, or motivator, and it's, I think it's playing out. But I cannot, Mike, please explain to me what would have been wrong with trying Barker. Because he was hurt. Was, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he had a bad shoulder. So no backup. Well, they could have gone with Reese Phillips, and I, I should have went. Should have done something. I think they should have. I think they should have as well. Uh, you know, actually, I was texting back and forth with one of my buddies. You know, during the game, and same same conversation. I had one of the guys that I go to the game with. You know, the, there's a bunch of my buddies who have season tickets who didn't go because it was Halloween, and you got your kids, and right. that's going to come first. And my parents ended up going up. Um, but you know, yeah, you got to try Reese Phillips or something. You had to you had to change it up. But if they hopefully the the big news really out of last night. And really what happened was they lost Lewis, their defensive lineman, uh, Melvin Lewis, in the, in, the, uh, in the Auburn game. He broke his leg. And he was the heart and soul of that defense. 
Yeah, the, no push at all on that. It's the worst defensive line I've seen. I watch a lot of college football. They did blitz a little bit, got a little pressure, and that's what got the touchdown. But, but it's more, I think, of no push. the mentality, just line. the just losing your lines. They weren't able to recover there in Mississippi State from that. They were definitely not able to do it last night against Tennessee, even though they got the defensive score and the touchdown. Um, they and Now, if they lost Boone Williams – because oh, God, what a gruesome elbow injury. Do you see the replay? Yeah. And that, you know, it looks like to me like he's probably not playing this year. But right. who knows? I mean, I I mean, I'm I don't know exactly what they said ended up happening. No, I think he's done. I mean, you're now the injuries mounting up on them. And just the kick in the gut, I think that gives them. And now they got to go play Georgia. You know, but then you still finish the year he with horrible. he looks horrible who looked horrible, but you know, Georgia traditionally has just ran um, you know, and I don't know. Maybe depending, they still have a Vanderbilt game that, depending on which Vanderbilt team shows up and what Kentucky team shows up, that could be a, that could be a, a win for well, Kentucky, or it could be a lot closer than it should be. And well, then uh, Charlotte, that. Houston, Houston just absolutely the, just dismantled them. nothing over an SEC team. I mean, right. wow. I mean, yeah, not good. Huge win for Louisville, by the way. Houston going in and winning that game. I mean, I think that's a, a big shot in the arm for Louisville. So I said all along, I think that uh, Ward Sr., the quarterback for Houston, I don't think he'll win the Heisman, but I think he'll be invited to New York. I'm telling you, the guy's the best quarterback I've seen that Louisville's played this year, and they've played a few good. They've played the Clemson quarterback and some other guys. But uh, in, a year, in a year where the talent, especially in college football, is, is severely down and – you know, in my estimation, at least, uh, I could totally see something like that as well. You know, yeah. Well, he he's a good quarterback. I tell you what, and uh, single handedly beat uh, Louisville. Let's talk a little bit about the cards. And, and at the end of the first half, in fairness to the criticism I've had of the Cats, I said to my wife, I said, "This is the worst Louisville team, football team I've seen in years." Now, and that score they got right before halftime was huge. Yeah, that was huge. They did fight back, uh, and they uh, they beat a team that seemed to be motivated. It is tough to win on the road. Very fortunate to get that win. Did they beat the, the, Did they beat the team, or did Wake Forest beat themselves? Wake's no good. So listen, uh, I'm not saying that, but they still had two, you know, in field goal range possessions late in that game where they threw one was a tip play, and that Louisville made a but that last interception that that ball never should have been thrown. Oh, I agree. That's what I'm saying. They're they're horrible. Uh, and their quarterback situation was not good. But you still got to make the plays, and Louisville's good at intercepting. I think they led the country last year in interceptions, so they did step up. But, no, that was not an encouraging game for the Cards. They did get a a much-needed win. They do now appear that they've got a shot at getting bowl eligible, which in this transition year for the the Cards would be a huge deal. But uh, big question mark right now. Were you ever really worried that they weren't going to get bowl eligible? At 0 and 3, I was sure. Yeah, I wasn't. And still a little bit. Still a little bit. No, uh, they got, come on. They got now. some games, but uh, big question. Rankins, he went out. Is he hurt? Of course. You know, I don't like how they don't report injuries. And then, what's the status of Lamar and Bonifant? I know Bonifant had a concussion, is why he couldn't come back in. Uh, but Lamar, but once again, Bolin comes in and and plays well and the best relief pitcher in football. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, and, and once again, he's probably going to be back on the bench. So it'd uh, be interesting to see what happens. It does help to have uh, four quarterbacks, but uh, Lamar did some good things, but he did some bad things still. And I think that what's happened with Lamar is he's really banged up. He's got a bad ankle, so he's not so fast anymore. He's so taking a lot of hits, man. I mean, you take you take that many hits. He got thrown out of bounds like a rag doll, which he didn't come back in from. But uh, but that's what you're going to get when you run as much as he does. Exactly. So, uh, 
you know, that's 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 going to happen. But I don't know. I think he's banged up pretty good. And I don't know if Bowling comes in and starts from here on in. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. A couple home games. And then, uh, but you know, how, how important is it shaping up? Just like Howard Schnellenberger said, that last game of the year between Louisville at Commonwealth. I mean, it's probably going to deny someone. They both may need the game to win. I bet you they're both eligible at that point. Really? Yeah, I think okay. I think one of those. I think I mean Kentucky. I, I still feel good. I still feel like Kentucky will end up beating Vanderbilt, and then they'll beat Charlotte, and that'll be their six. Yeah. Um, Louisville. You know, Louisville's really probably going to be favored on the all the way out, uh, with the exception of maybe Pitt. Yeah. And that's the one game for Louisville fans that you're going to have to circle. I mean, beyond that, their the schedule going forward for Louisville's. So- Definitely not a so, Sorry to interrupt. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. The other local team, the Indiana Hoosiers football program, started out 4-0. They lost their most recent four games, so a four-game winning streak, four-game losing streak. They had an off week this weekend, but next Saturday they face off against the number 10 team in the country, Iowa. Iowa. Uh, we're going to head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line now. We have our man, The Truth, on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? All right. You did have to make, mess up my Halloween. Uh, it scared me about Indiana playing another ranked team, and I don't know. I hope they got it together. All right, let me bring something up about the Tennessee and Kentucky football game. Tell me, Truth, because I'm really hey, hurt. I think I'll tell you something, that, uh, the SEC and Alabama get ready, better get ready, because Tennessee football program is almost on back where it used to be at. Well, I think uh, a lot of people thought that was going to happen this year. I think they were picked to win the East. I know I thought they were going to win the East, uh, but I agree with you. I mean, we're back next year where Tennessee and Florida could be the premier teams in the East again. Well, you know, I was looking at Tennessee. Uh, uh, they only losing. I think they're losing nine players off the defense. Um, no, they're bringing nine players back next year. Case you know don't go to NFL. They had this year had a top ten recruiting class, and they right now they got a, I think a top six recruiting class. Look out, Alabama! Them better look out. All right, man, I agree with you. So you're going to beat Iowa next week? Oh yes, 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 yes. I can feel it. I can feel it up in there. You gonna you gonna beat Bellerman later this week? Oh, we're going to drill. Let me tell you the Bellman people, these people in Louisville, <laughs> you Bellman people, we're going to destroy you. You know what's so good about this year? All the Kentucky Wildcats fans and all the Louisville fans and all the Notre Dame fans got to listen to Truth Math all year long, tell them how great is Indiana backcourt. You know, that makes me feel good because last year it was all about Kentucky the last three years. Now, Louisville fans are saying, and Kentucky's still talking about what it could have been. We could have been 40 or Get over with it. Kentucky get one injury on their basketball team. They'll be back to NIT. I don't. I think Bellman's the best team in Louisville now. Well, what do you think about that? We'll find out at one thirty. We're gonna find out at one thirty exactly. I love the fact that I think first off, I was saying this earlier in the game in the in the show. Indiana and Louisville playing Bellman. If you're gonna look for a team that's gonna help get you ready. I mean that's that is what you want, and Bellman's good enough to expose some weaknesses. That Indiana, the Indiana Bellman game could be a hundred. It could be an NBA score. It could be one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and ten by the time. Hey, let me throw something else. Uh, Tuesday night we're going to see how good Indiana is too, because the team who beat them over in Canada, we we played them Tuesday night. Oh, really? That's the that's who they're playing Tuesday. Night. I knew their first. I knew their first exhibition game was Tuesday night. So. 
Yeah. Hey guys, let me ask Truth a question. Truth, uh, I'm a big Pacers fan. Love the Indiana Pacers. I don't know if you caught them this week, but wow, what a bad way to start the season, 0-3, and, and really look bad. What do you think about the Pacers I, this year? I cannot stand the Pacers. I don't like the Pacers, and I don't recognize them as a team in Indiana. Wow. Why, why is that Truth? I don't, I'm not a Pacers fan because I don't like the way the Pacers did George McGinnis. I didn't like what they've done to Isaiah Thomas. I'm not a Larry Bird fan. I think the greatest team Are in you the Indiana. only person in Indiana who's not a Larry Bird fan? What did they do to Isaiah Thomas? Uh, well, you remember when Larry Bird came to, uh, to uh, the Pacers, he got rid of uh, Isaiah. And not only that, Larry Bird didn't want uh, Isaiah on the Olympus team. They put Kristen Layton on the I team. think that was Michael Jordan who didn't want Larry who didn't want Isaiah yeah. Thomas on the Olympic team. Yeah, I hold it against Imagine and all of them because he's the best player of the played at IU. He should have a gold medal. And they haters and I, I got another one. I, my favorite team, my favorite player of all time in the NBA is Kobe Bryant. I'm a Lakers fan. Oh man, truth! I thought I liked you. Oh man, it's Kobe's all that, but. Uh, let me throw something out here and let the people know who's my player of the year in college basketball. Troy Williams will have a best year than Victor Oladipo. I think you are on to something there, and I think there's a reason Troy came back. Um, hey, here's what people fail to realize. If you put Troy Williams, when he started as freshman, at Victor Oladipo, uh, record there, Troy Williams was already ahead of him. Tom Absolutely. Wasn't even close. Tom Cree been telling the people this man is worth. And not only that, I heard some great news. Troy Williams is lighting it up from three point line. Well, I think what's going to really come out there is he's going to have some slower players that are going to have to guard him and his explosiveness with his first step. And if he's hitting that three, and they've really got to come out and challenge him out there, he'll take people to the rack. And you're going to see some spectacular finishes by Troy Williams, who's who's a really hey, great I dunker. Guess, I guess the, I guess let Louisville fan. He's better than Daryl Griffin. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Come on now. Go. Go. <laughs> All right, True. Thanks for calling in, man. He has a 15-year NBA career <laughs> for the uh, Jazz. Leads the NBA in three-pointers made ahead of Larry Bird one year, which is what Daryl Griffith did. Not only was he Dr. Duncanstein, but he, he had a successful NBA career, and he could shoot three-pointers. Yep. Successful NBA, a very successful Very successful NBA, NBA career. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his jersey is hanging in the rafters for the Jazz. Uh, what about the World Series, guys? Three to one. Boy, the Mets just haven't shown up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, going into this, I was wondering just because I thought the Mets had a, the pitching advantage, and um, I knew those games in New York were going to be extremely critical for the Mets because the whole thing with the designated hitter is that the American League has a designated hitter who's going to be able to hit. I mean, they they you know that's a lineup spot that you have to fill. When a National League puts a uh, team has to put a designated hitter out there, it's a utility player. You know, it doesn't the uh, the there's not uh like this great hitter that we have on the bench that's going to all of a sudden you know get four bats in the game and going to be all that great. And I, so I knew the Mets were going to have to sweep the three games and take advantage of the Royals not having the designated hitter, having that one hole in their lineup when the pitcher got to hit and uh, losing last night. I think, you know, they're, they're toast now. If they could have pulled out all three in New York and just had to sne- steal one in Kansas City, um, I thought, you know, because their pitching to me is better than the Royals. Um, 
where would the Royals be without the Reds' donations to them? Oh, my God. I mean, Cueto was God. amazing the other night. And Volquez, I mean, unbelievable. The Reds, uh, you know, but don't get me going on that. Hey, did you guys watch the end of that Miami-Duke game last night? I heard about it, but I didn't. Oh, I still haven't seen the play craziest yet. Craziest thing I've ever seen. you got to go watch it. And, and I tell you, you think confusion. You go back and watch how long it took for the refs to come out with their verdict. And they came out and said, after a long wait, Wait, we're not done. We got to go back to the uh, under the hood. And it took about 20 minutes, and then they came out at Duke. And if you look at the replays, but it was the craziest ending. Duke scored with six seconds to go, a touchdown, which put it up. So the game was over, right? So they kick off, and then they start eight laterals, backward laterals, and they finally get in. But at the end of the t- game, when 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 they finally crossed the finish line, there was a half dozen. Miami Hurricane football players from the sideline with no helmets on on the field. I mean, it's you got to go watch it. I've never seen such bedlam and craziness, and the refs lost control, and the Duke fans understandably left feeling like they got robbed. Yeah, I mean that's just uh, if if you had guys on the, I mean, that should have been a that's a flag, right? I mean, I don't know how you. Yeah, no helmet. I don't on. I know mean, how it's not a flag. No, they were afraid. You know, I think it's an interim coach there, but I'm going to tell you, those refs, they were afraid of that. Miami still, uh, their football players still carry a stigma, uh, you know, back from the days of, uh, you know, the camouflage and the whole deal, and the refs look scared to death. Well, I'll tell you what, Al Golden was, you know, fired this week, so it was an interim coach, and there is some serious talk that Miami could hire Charlie Strong. Wow, really? Yeah. He laughed at it when it was mentioned. Yeah, he did not laugh. He did not deny it, and he didn't deny he wouldn't listen. And from what I understand, that there is a really? huge possibility that it, it could happen. That he's starting to realize that he might not be the best fit at Texas. Wow, wouldn't that be something? Do you think that, the, would that be a good fit? I think it would. That'd Who's going to recruit that area better than Charlie, than Charlie Strong? Good question. Clint Hurt. Oh, wait. Who's <laughs> being asked about some openings? I couldn't believe that. I, I mean, I'm surprised he hadn't gotten a bump in pay and uh, an extension of his contract. But I, you listen, you, you and I are a little bit different on that. I mean, I, I, I understand that Stoops is a first-time head coach. I don't. I think he's still got things going in the right direction. I mean, I'm year not. Three. Year three last night at home. You think things are in the right direction last night. I don't I think. I'm not sitting here and telling you that last night wasn't a step back because it definitely was a step back. But on the overall picture, I feel like things are moving in the right direction. So, how many years d- d- does it go like that? I mean, they're going to make a bowl game this year, so you're still getting the progression. I mean, I, I you know, that's I, not a give me yet. I mean, that's that's. Uh, remember what happened at the end of last year? I understand, but this is a different schedule. Um, that's true. So the progression overall of what 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 happens. I mean, just like. Um, you know, the schedule this year is dictated so much with the outlooks for Louisville. If you flip the schedule and you put those, you don't have those three games at the beginning of the year and they're just kind of sprinkled out throughout the schedule, Louisville fans have a whole different outlook of how this schedule's gone. And then they're Louisville to, fans haven't had to watch their team quit. No, like that's true. And that, and that is an issue. And we'll, so we're going to have to see how they react and how they come out of that. And I think, um, you know, and how they deal with these injuries. So we're having- hey, let, let, let me let me ask one last thing, guys. Last thing on my plate. It's a playoff at game for the Bengals today, going into Pittsburgh. It's a huge game for the Red Rifle. Uh, he's got to perform, but if the Bengals, I mean, this is their chance to say, "Yep, we've taken the next step. We can win a playoff game. We can beat the Steelers at home." How big is this game today for the Steelers, Kelly? 
Oh, I agree with you 100%. I think over the Andy Dalton tenure as the quarterback, which is going on, what, year five now? Really sneaking up on us how long he's been there. That in games like this is right when every single time Andy Dalton chokes. He would put, historically, he'll put up three or four interceptions. He will look like the worst quarterback in the NFL tonight. And the Bengals get thumped. Well, one o'clock. I don't well, yeah, tonight. not not tonight. You're right. One o'clock. Huge game. I agree with you 100. percent I think it's a playoff atmosphere. It's an opportunity to make a statement. Not only to the Bengals faithful, but to the rest of the NFL that the Bengals are truly one of the elite teams in the NFL. I don't think Vontae's perfect will be back for this game, but we had some good news during this last week that their best linebacker, in my opinion, on the team should be back from injury very soon. So everything's rolling in the correct direction for this Bengals team. They just need to win this game. Big Ben's back. The Steelers are a good team. If they win this, this is huge today. All right, and I agree with all that, but I'm not going to let Brian go without talking about The Ohio State University and JT Barrett, J- yeah. JT Barrett getting a DUI <laughs> one week after the tragedy that happened at Oklahoma State. And them only yeah. coming out and only suspending him for one game. Now, I don't. I, I agree. I agree with you. I can't defend that. I couldn't. Initially, it was going to be two games. You know, and and what would have been wrong to send a message two or three games, especially with the fact that they've got they don't play anybody. They don't play anybody. He's not going to get injured. I agree, hundred percent. I was shocked by that. What a boneheaded. You know, in today's Uber world, I mean, you got your starting quarterback. At the, at the biggest program going right now. I mean, Urban let his guard down on that, but what a boneheaded play by Barrett. Very, very uh, shocking. All right, man, we're going to head to a break. Thanks, Great Brian, day. for calling in. We'll talk to you next week. Great show, guys. Thank you. We're going to head to a break right here on 1450 WXVW. If you want to join the conversation, remember the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line, 384-1450. We'll talk to you in a couple minutes. Welcome back to 1450 WXVW. This is the Weekend Sports Buzz, hosted every Sunday morning from 10 to 12 by Kelly Patrick, Mike Gandolfo, and joining us now, Ashley Miller, (laughs) the one and only, the second love of my life. Oh my gosh. Ashley Miller. So privileged to have such a high place in your life, Mike. Well, you know. I think you're just trying to butter me up. Why am I trying to butter you up? Oh, I'll give you one guess. Or two guesses and the first one doesn't count. All right, well, if it's about Kentucky football. 
<laughs> we don't really care because it's basketball season. Actually, Kentucky suffered the worst. Let's pay close attention to the verbiage in this statement. Kentucky suffered the worst loss in the Mark Stoops era last night. What does that mean to you, Ashley? Yikes. Um, does that sound like they're headed in a good direction or a bad it direction? Not, it sounds like a bad bad direction to me. Okay. I don't think any, either um, team has a whole lot to talk about this week, except Louisville was able to pull out a win. So, Yeah. Other than the I whole win thing. It. Well, yeah, I mean, but oh, still went great. And the whole win thing, minus Mickey Crum and a couple – what, what, what are, you, are you writing your book right now? What are you doing? I am not. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> all right. All right. I just want to know. Because there's all kinds of typing going on. No, I'm not typing. You're writing. You're my huh? clicker then. Is that you're what it is? I thought you were writing your Katina Powell uh, follow-up <clears throat> book. Oh, honey. <laughs> so, uh, do you miss us? Just tell us. I do. Okay. I miss you the most, Mike, actually. Good. You know, there's nothing like a good Sunday morning argument to get the juices flowing. Um, are you ready today? Because the University of Louisville basketball season <clears throat> tips off here today at one thirty. I am. I'm actually. I'm ready for a couple reasons. Obviously, I'm ready because it's basketball season. We've been dying for that here in the bluegrass. But I'm also um, super excited because I got my. Um, column with the Leo Weekly has changed a little bit, and so I'll get to um, cover sports. Nice. So, Does that, okay. that means you're going to get credentials? Well, I don't know if I actually, I don't know, it depends on how much time I have to actually physically go there, but I definitely have to do like a little summary after every game. So that starts today. I'm excited. Nice. All right. Get your little, so is it only Louisville that you're going to be covering yeah. for the Leo? Only so you're going to have this very jaded and and biased opinion. Okay. All right. Of course. Fantastic. Of course. Well, I mean, and it's not like I don't already have that. So <laughs> Now, I do uh, want to get your opinion on one thing in the NFL, even though you have not made your NFL picks. But we do all know that oh, you I have. I already made my NFL picks. I have them. Okay. You're going to send them on to us? Oh, I, I'll, I'll stay on long enough to tell you. Oh, nice. You're going to be on with us the whole hour. Yeah. Okay. Um. What do you feel about your boyfriend possibly picking up a big-time wide receiver if they're able to pull off a trade to get Calvin Johnson at Carolina? Uh, I think that that would officially qualify them for to be in the discussion about Super Bowl. Now, for our listeners who don't follow every week, <laughs> Ashley <laughs> is engaged. Yes. and but, also- but leave her fiancé. In a heartbeat for Cam Newton. <laughs> oh my goodness! Would not. But her boy. Not. We're referring That's to her, I've heard, her boyfriend <laughs> as the former Heisman Trophy winning national champion, number one overall pick, Cam Newton, who is undefeated still. Right? Am I wrong? Mm-hmm. They're still yep. undefeated, and they're there are seven and zero tomorrow. And did, did you actually get to meet Cam Newton when you were in Charlotte last year? I did not. Oh, I thought I you did. Not. Okay. Nope. Darn. Is that why – I, I just want to – I want to clarify one thing. Is that why you wait until after your trip to Charlotte to get engaged because you want to make sure, like, if Cam was there and he was the one, you know, you you know, you know, didn't want to – you wanted to leave that open just in case something was to happen? You know what, Mike? You cannot tell all of my business on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some conversations are probably a little better to be had off the air. Can we agree on that? Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Well – 
Uh, yeah, so we we are. We're tipping off college basketball today. I think everyone is ready for it. Um, Bellarmine and Louisville, what do you expect to see from the cards today? Both of you guys, what oh. do you want to hear see from your cards today? Well, I was looking through um, some of Patino's statements to see kind of what he was looking for. Obviously, it's uh, our first exhibition and um, the first time we've tipped it up against somebody besides ourselves since the summer. So um, I think what Coach Patino is looking for is what does our defense look like? I'm really interested to see if um, Trey and um, Damian Lee. Yeah, yeah, Damian Lee and like how, how, what their role is. And I'm also interested to see if Quentin Snyder can play nice. Like, can they all play nice together, you know, for the sake of the team? Because some people are going to have to sacrifice. And it could be um, Quentin sacrificing his starting position. I mean, you yeah. know, giving them mittens. I think that's, that's a real possibility here, especially if they don't figure out a way to get in there because Quentin's never going to be the. I mean, what do you think? His, his ceiling for the. Now, we're talking about Quentin Snyder, who's the all-time leading scorer at Ballard High School, who had a pretty guy, good guy there named Allen Houston. Scored more points at Ballard than Allen Houston. Dewan Wheat, too, right? What's that? Dewan Wheat, too, right? Dewan Wheat, yeah, also. Jeff Lamb. I mean, there's Ballard, Jerry Eves. They've, all, they've had some guys. So it's not like it's this, you know, high school that hasn't had a whole lot of players. There's pros that come out about Quentin it. Quentin Snyder did start as a freshman under Rick Pitino at point guard. Yes. Which does not happen. But. Never happens. Would you say... He's still not he's still not an Allen Houston type scorer. No. And I don't think anyone expects him to be. No, so, I don't I don't really think that's in his game. No. And he's that's um, and that's at this level and that's okay. Well, even when he was at Ballard, he had his best scoring games when he got other players involved and was able to take what the defense gave him, you know. So, yeah. not saying that Quentin couldn't have a 20-point game here and there, but you know, realistically, he's probably going to eventually be, you know, 8 to 11, 8 to 11 points a game would probably be really good um, for what he would is, is going to do. And uh, this, this little team needs scoring. And if that 8 to 11 points takes away from the scoring average of either one of those guys, Lewis or Lee, because that's, that's where they need the bulk of their points to come from, right? They do. And I, I think as far as like other things looking forward, what I'm looking for um, in this game is – I want to see the true emergence of a consistent three-point shooter um, come from somewhere. Um, that would make me feel very comfortable uh, going into the season. And I'm really looking to see the emergence of a consistent postman. We, offensively, I mean, you mean? Offensively, yeah. Like, we can have, you know, long guys in there for the sake of defense and uh, protecting the rim all day. But the truth be told – no defense plays us honest if we don't have a big guy that can consistently post up with his back to the basket and make something happen on the offensive end. So that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to and hoping to see from somebody. I'm interested to just see the rotations. I, I you know, and I don't think don't get me wrong, I don't think this is the rotations you're going to see. I don't know what's going on with my microphone. I'm sorry, guys, for all that static. Um, I'm not <laughs> saying that we're going to see the same rotations now that we do in ACC play, but he's definitely going to have to start figuring out how those rotations are going to work. Oh, uh, sure. Because I think he's probably in a situation where they're going to play. <clears throat> they're going to play a bunch of guys. I mean, I, and um, especially the rotations at that four and five spot. I mean, you've got the four and five spot, which you could play 
if you put Ding in the four and five rotation, which it looks like he might try to do, even though Ding to me is more of a three. I personally don't see Ding as a candidate to play in the post for this. Has he, team. Has he announced no. the starting lineup yet for today? No, not that I've seen. Okay, because I thought Dang could have cracked the starting lineup, and if that's the case, he's playing a four. He's not taking. If that's a... the case, we're in trouble. And then you've got, uh, <laughs> but you you got Jalen Johnson, you got Ray Spalding, you've got uh, Onos, um, you got Mango Shananu. I mean, you there's so many different pieces at those for those two for those two spots, and just and they're all going to play, right? I mean. Just to see how those rotations work out is going to be very interesting. They will all play. Who is the best candidate to be a, a low-post scoring option for this Cards team? Is it Jalen Johnson? I don't think we got anybody. I don't think you, no. uh, the scoring option is a NOS, right? Yeah, I was going to say he has the best touch on the basketball by far. Um, I mean, what's going on with, um, goodness gracious, the tall kid, the other kid. Mots. The kid. Oh, uh Mott Stockman's from Sweden. Um, no, no. Uh, uh, the two people from Australia are Mango and Ding. Mango. Yeah. What's going on with him? Okay. What, what do you mean what's going on with Mango? Yeah, I mean, like, he, he's, I guess he's not going to be a scoring option. He's not he a scoring option. He needs to be a scoring option. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I think Jalen Johnson's got a better chance of being a scoring option than Mango Supposedly does. in practice, Mango actually has very polished offensive skills. Now, take from he, that what he, you will. Do you remember that one game last year? We hit the game-winning shot against Virginia. No, not even that one time at Van Camp where he came out like rebound and dunking it and everything, and everyone's like, "Who's that kid in Mango's jersey?" Do you remember that? I do. I do remember. That was late in the year. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like we've seen a glimpse of it, but it's it's not consistent by any means. So I think he has in him. And I don't think Anas gives you enough on the other end, probably for him to get the the minutes. I mean, Nanu, it's going to be Nanu getting the bulk of those minutes. I feel like. And um, get his life. What's that? I said Nanu better get his life because he's too big to not be aggressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's saying that he's got NBA potential <laughs> and he's got to be the one that goes out and realizes it. I mean, well, I'd like to see it. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I don't believe it. You know, I said um, if we can get if our defense. I mean, I always feel comfortable that our defense is going to be pretty good. Um, if we can get somebody that can be a consistent three-point shooter on this team and we can get some sort of post presence offensively, I think that they have the, they have a per- the perfect makeup for one of those Rick Pitino teams without a star. They can go really far because there's no egos. Um, so that does excite me. I, I wrote um, for my first little – we had to do like a preseason like preview type thing. Um, and basically what I was saying is if those three things happen – uh, we have a shot. I say that we'll definitely drop some games late in the season, like we always do. Um, but I was, I said, I would be happy if we were going into ACC tournament play with eight losses, eight to ten losses. That's a good sign for us with this team. I would say it's a very good sign, considering they were picked seventh in the ACC. I mean, cause yeah, that, that would be I better than what they funny. thought. You, what yeah, you say? I, I think that's funny too. Why's that? Um, I think I think that about all preseason rankings, whether it's basketball, football, lacrosse, or swimming and diving, I think it's always a subjective decision of who gets ranked where based upon what people know from last year. No I mean, for it, sure. Yeah, and the, the truth is, 
in terms of a basketball team, I don't think you really know how good anybody really is until like December or January when we start playing, when everybody is consistently playing a harder schedule. Yeah, and you still have pieces, though. I mean, I like, you know, Florida State knows that Xavier Rathamaze is going to be one of the best scorers in the ACC. Uh, I, I agree with, like, especially in the Miami. Miami being picked ahead of Florida State and Louisville, to me, is a little bit of a puzzling kind of thing. But Yeah, but, I mean, you think <clears throat> Louisville has so many question marks. And and that's that's just what it is right now. There's so many question marks. Where the other teams um, don't. I mean, yeah, they yeah, have I question mean, marks, but not as many. Because, you know, we've lost players. So they're like, okay, they've had some transfers. They've had some guys, like, into the NBA draft. They've got um, a couple of guys that transferred in. Um, how are they going to play? What's the team chemistry? Nobody knows. So it's like we have this team full of nobodies for the sake of the people, you know, the powers that be. So it's like, eh. You know, and with that being okay. said, to your point, because you know I've having all those things, and you've mentioned the defense several times, um, we know that this is not an easy defense for people to grasp in their first year of of playing on with Rick Pitino. He's obviously going to have to play guys for this year that have you know only that been in the first year of that system. I mean, there's there's no way around that, right? Damian Lee and Trey, Damian Lee and Trey Lewis, even. Yes. Well, even Dang and Donovan. I mean, Dang and Donovan are going to play. Maybe even Ray Spalding, but Ray seems to be the one out of all those guys from over here that is adapting the best from that defensive standpoint. That shocks me. Uh, I mean, from supposedly the deflection stats of practice, he's the one getting shocks it done. Shocks me, too. And I, I think, Ashley, what you're referring to is Mike at your Kentucky Derby Festival Classic All-Star game. He did not look great. He, he looked very uh, timid. Let's put it timid. Timid. And he's a shy kid in general. I mean, just personality-wise. Physically, he looked like Anthony Davis to me. I could see that. I I wouldn't go that far. But. To me, he's a big guy. Um, he's built very, uh, in my eyes, very similar to Anthony Davis. But you're going to see those guys. He didn't play. bring any type of intensity to that game at all. What and, kind? Of, and I really want. I want to. I want him to prove me wrong. Well, I think we all do. I mean, I, th- I mean, obviously, both of them, actually, him and Dangadale, both. I was like, I felt like they were like subpar. And you can, yeah, I, I was. I want to. I, I want to see those guys succeed every game except for one. So, um, <laughs> well, maybe I, and maybe two if we play them in the tournament. But uh, and Kentucky, that's, and that's Kentucky the actually truth. won't make the tournament. <laughs> that's the honest guy truth. I mean, I, re- I really do, and I think uh, overall the uh, what kind of grace is Rick going to have defensively with these guys? That's basically what my question is because he's going to have he's going to have some sort of grace with these guys. Uh, I don't know. Or he's just going to keep on subbing in one guy that makes a mistake and then taking them out and putting another kid that makes mistakes and just going to keep rotating them every time they make a mistake. I mean, uh, are we going to see? Is that what we're going to see? Because basically, he has no option of an experienced guy unless we're going to see David Levitch play twenty five or twenty eight minutes a game. Um. Levich has looked pretty good. I'm not saying Levich hasn't looked good. You know, I mean, from a scoring perspective, and actually he looks like he's gotten stronger and a little bit quicker. I mean, uh, but it'll be interesting to me to see how much adaptation and adjustment and how much he he has to give a little bit, I think, on the, on the defensive. I don't think his expectation of where they want to be at the end has to change, but I think how he gets there might have to change a little bit. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Because uh, he's just going to play too many new guys at the beginning. So, I, and so I agree with you, actually. I, I, I think this Louisville team 
being picked in the seventh in the ACC, I don't necessarily think it was unfair. I could see sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh kind of in there where they probably should be. Um, I don't think it's unrealistic for them to be outside of those top three teams in the ACC just because of how good those top three teams in the ACC probably are. And I don't think it's ridiculous for them to get picked outside of Notre Dame either. So, uh, No, I think – and, you know, I, it's kind of the way I've always felt. I mean, since I even played college sports um, and even high school, I always felt like the preseason rankings, yeah, they're all – they're fun. They're, you know, it's nice to see if you're at the top. But if you're not, even if you are, what does that mean? Right. In you still got to go and do you it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like, how the teams actually end up in March. But like I said, I, I never put anything by pass a Rick Pitino team in March. So no, no question. About... Go ahead. Especially a, a Rick Pitino team without a star. Like, those teams typically excel, and they typically overachieve. So so what's your prediction um, on, on this team? You said 8 to 10 losses. What kind of what's, I said what's 8 seed? to 10 losses going into the tournament. I said – I wrote this, too, and um, – so y'all can I can go back and fact check if it happens. Um, so I said eight eight losses coming into ACC tournament play. I said ACC runners up, and I said uh, I think I said Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight. I can't remember. What well, that I that would be a hugely successful team for them if they made to the Elite Eight. And I think Sweet Sixteen's that's probably doable. I mean, I, I, I what what do you think? Would you say seed wise? Where do you think they could be? I said, oh, I didn't say seeding. I just said they would be um, ACC runners-up. Okay. I think if they were the ACC runners-up, that would be a hugely successful year. I think if they were one of the teams that got a double buy, I'd be surprised. I think they're going to be one of the teams that gets a buy, but not the double buy. I always reference uh, – uh, Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I said Elite Eight. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm probably in the ACC tournament. I'm sorry. And then um, yeah. I could see them getting to the Sweet 16, and I think they'll probably be a five or a six seed going into it. This is not hyperbole when I when I say I always reference John Renshaw when it comes to describing college basketball in the season that makes up the the uh, college basketball tournament that we all love so much. Rick Pitino is perfect for this. I think he's got some pieces. I don't know how good they're going to be, but I could not be more excited about a college basketball season than I am right now. Even if Louisville is ranked, we've seen Louisville come into the season ranked right at the very top, and I am. Just as excited, possibly more excited because of all the uncertainties about this team. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. We're on the other side. We will have, of course, Ashley's Loco Cinco. So stay tuned right here on 1450 WXVW. Girl, when you It's 
time for the most electrifying segment in all of sports radio, Ashley's Local Cinco, otherwise known as Ashley's Crazy. Ashley, you know what's crazy? What? So earlier, you know, there's a 9:30 NFL game today. Yes. And I asked for fantasy advice from one Kelly Patrick on whether or not I should start Jeremy Macklin in my lineup mm-hmm. over um, Brandon Cooks for the New Orleans Saints. And he's like, okay. "Start Jeremy Macklin, no doubt about it. You need to start Jeremy Macklin." It's halftime. Macklin has no catches, no yards. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kelly Patrick. As I battle for a playoff spot. And my fantasy football team for sabotaging me. If it were in the United did States, you all pick for that game. Well, we didn't pick that game because it was already started when the show started. So, well, but I would have picked I, KC and because Detroit yeah, is freaking awful. So, yeah, shouldn't be. Awful. They shouldn't be awful, but they are. It makes Derek very sad, but they are. Well, both his teams in blue looked really bad. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he's... the other team in blue actually won me a foot massage, which I can't wait to redeem. So, okay, thank you right. for that. You came. All right, Ashley, we got five crazy stories. Yeah, well, we'll get right into the big topic of conversation on uh, ESPN this morning, and that's uh, Ohio State's quarterback, JT Barrett, uh, being arrested on yesterday morning on what they said originally were charges of operating a vehicle while intoxicated. Um, There was a statement released by the school saying that Barrett was stopped at a checkpoint near the school's Columbus campus um, and was found to be under the influence. And uh, underage, obviously, what'd you say? Underage. Underage. And a very bad decision for someone just recently getting the starting job. But um he was suspended by head coach Urban Meyer and uh, will miss, will have a one game suspension. So he misses the game against Minnesota. Uh, Who beat Michigan so. yesterday, right? Yes. So, I mean, uh, tell me how you feel. I mean, because I know you, coming off the tragedy that we had last week in Oklahoma State. Right. This is really bad timing. Very bad. And drinking and driving is never okay. Or Unless you're Kelly Patrick. Well, that's more under the influence of other things. But I guess it was DUI driving under the influence. I normally, driving, not DWI driving. I normally only drive while under the influence of bath salts. Is that what it is? <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, coming in, coming in today, Kelly and I dropped off to get a little breakfast because I picked him up. Um, that's another story for another time. Oh, <laughs> and... Uh, we were walking in to get something to eat, and a pregnant lady, probably what, seven seven months pregnant? Very, very pregnant. Smoking a cigarette. Loved it. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, anyway, uh, speaking of bad decisions overall, do you? F- I feel Ohio State's being extremely lenient. Lenient and yeah. unrespons- irresponsible, irresponsible. Foolish. And, and what- the reason they're foolish is because they have Cardell Jones. This is a great opportunity if you spin it the right way. To make the decision for your your team, um, they've got two great options. Cardell Jones won a national championship. Yeah, um, but at the same time, you're coming off just the most horrific accident possible last week 
where a two-year-old dies because of a drunk driver. And this is, you know, we're like, well, you're the starting quarterback at uh, Ohio State. We'll suspend you for one game. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't know. I, this It really upsets me, actually. Yeah, it, I mean, it's bad. It's just it's really bad. bad. I mean, there's no nice way to say it. It was very stupid. It's a dumb decision. Um, I do think that one game suspension is like a slap on the wrist. Um, but I do think it will definitely create an opportunity for Cardell Jones to become the starter and maintain that starting position for the duration of the season. And that'll be very interesting to see how things work out there going forward. Yeah, because, so. I mean, it's definitely an opportunity for, for them to make an example. Like, they can make an example out of him in this situation and say, we don't trust your decision-making. So, it'll be you very can interesting. sit on the bench. Kelly, anything okay. else? We don't know. Yeah, I don't think it makes JT Barrett a, a bad guy. It was a poor decision, yes. How old is he, 20? Yeah. yeah he's, he's 20. He's yeah, 20. I so. so, I mean, a lot of 20-year-olds have situations like this happen. doesn't make them good people. doesn't make them bad people, in my opinion. I mean, I... When I was 20, I, I had similar type things um, happen. Like what? Like what? I had the, the same thing happen to me when I was You 19. had a DUI? Yeah, when I was 19. I've never, I've, I've never really had that happen. I, don't th- I had one beer, and I was underage. One beer in my system. Just one? Literally just one. I blew a .02. And because the, the I went, and, you know, and that Under, was, underage, zero tolerance. There's zero, in Kentucky, I thought it was just a lower number. I'm not, I'm not familiar. I don't know what it is in Ohio. I don't know what the rules are in Ohio. So. Oh, I blew a 3.1 in Ohio. <laughs> no, I, I, the only time I've ever had anything like that happen was a .02. I had one beer in my system. <clears throat> but it's zero tolerance. So I don't think it makes JT Barrett a bad guy. It makes him a kid, right? No doubt about it. That, But at the same time. What percentage of NBA or NFL players have that, bad DUIs? That's not the, that's not the point here. You, yeah, still have, point. you still have to be responsible for your actions. No, I mean, he should be held accountable. And if he were to right. be ex- suspended for the remainder of the season, I wouldn't be complaining. I'm saying it doesn't tell me that he's a bad guy. No one's saying he's a bad no, guy. No. <clears throat> no one's saying that. Okay, I just want to make sure we clarify that, in my opinion. That, that, that's important. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad kid, bad guy. You're right. He made a stupid decision. We all know people who have gotten DUIs who would not say are bad guys. We also know people who are probably habitual people who drive when they're un- intoxicated, and we know that they're probably not bad people, but when they drink, they make really bad decisions. Not, you're right. Not being a bad guy doesn't mean you're uh, responsible. Right. And that you're not a complete danger to everyone else on the road. There are people who do that, and they deserve to be in prison, in my opinion. Yeah. Never be able to drive again. In pre- I mean, if you've had three DUIs, so I mean, and there's people who've had six and seven DUIs. You're then a, a danger to the society. A complete uh, liability to society, and you should not ever be able to drive again, in my opinion. Uh, so I don't, I don't have a problem with harsh laws when it comes to drinking and driving, because I don't want my family getting killed. Um, but I, I think, I mean, what, what did he blow? I don't. I never oh, saw I that. Know. I never saw. I that don't think he that. had much alcohol in his system. Well, he wasn't swerving. I mean, like he, like Ashley said, he got it was a checkpoint. He happened to roll up upon a checkpoint, blew, and they got him. So it wasn't like he was swerving or showing any signs of making bad decisions. Doesn't to me doesn't excuse anything, you know. Nope. Um, but I mean that that that's the way it went down. I mean. It's just a bad decision for a high-profile 
athlete to put himself in that position, period. So, Sure. I mean, at Ohio State, they give out free tattoos and everything else. There's no way he couldn't have gotten an Uber to drive him around. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Absolutely yeah. not. Columbus is a small little town, right? Yeah. I mean, why not get a, a – or a, a friend to drive you yeah. who doesn't drink or isn't drinking that night? Seriously. That c- couldn't be that difficult. Think anyone wants to drive around the starting quarterback? I know I drove around plenty of U of L basketball players when I was in college. So, wow. okay, I had to pull over in the middle of Baxter Avenue so one could puke outside the car. That was. <clears throat> Can I get the name? Any names? No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Off the air? Absolutely not. Off the air? Off the air, maybe. Okay, we'll see. So basically, what he's saying is he's trying to keep it a secret. So then, when he puts out his tell, my, my tell all book, right of how. <laughs> Of the two and twenty U of L basketball team that I was, or the ten and twenty U of L basketball team that I was a part of, uh, yeah, <laughs> they were, yeah, terrible. somebody's got to know what's going on. Where, exactly. You know, exactly, parents are sending their kids. It's going to be entitled "Chill, Chill, Chill, Kill, Kill, Kill" by Marcus Maven. So, <laughs> oh, that was the year. That was the year I was involved. So, okay. Um, I think you just gave us a hint. Okay, story number two. <laughs> Story number two. Um, so I don't know if you all heard about this um, bet. Um, of it's a one-on-one game between Jason Williams or Jay Williams. I'm sorry, and uh, Andrew Schultz. I'm going to make sure we're clear. Jay, Jay Williams, Jay Williams the Duke. former Duke, not the Marshall. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not, or, or, not the, white or the murderer. White chocolate. No. Or the murderer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of the former Duke player. Okay. Who ruined my birthday? Versus, when you... he he did what? He ruined my birthday. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. Versus Andrew Schultz, the comedian. Okay. Uh, apparently, you're supposed to have this one-on-one game um, where they bet each other five hundred dollars. Um, that apparently has been like gotten a lot of media attention because there's been a lot of like online smack talk, and um, it's very interesting. Anyways, um, Andrew Schultz is basically going back to saying that. Uh, Jason Williams is too old. He's too slow. Um, he hasn't played. Did we lose her? Ashley, are you there? Yeah, we have a little bit of connectivity issues. We're on story number two of Ashley's Loco Cinco. We are going to disconnect. Thank you very much, Skype. And we will get Ashley right back on. Jay oh. Williams is not that old. No, there is. That, that's got to be a joke. I know it's a comedian, yeah. so it's a publicity stunt. But, I mean, Dick, Dick Bavetta racing Charles Barkley, that was a good publicity stunt. Chris Collinsworth and Chad Ochocinco racing horses, those are good publicity stunts. So I like stuff like this. But there's no, And Jay Williams looks like he keeps himself in great shape, right? Yeah, I think our internet actually might be completely down. And that's way. okay. Uh, um, b- barring, those, barring a motorcycle accident, am I wrong? Jay Williams could still be in the NBA. He was a stud. He was, was he the number two overall pick? I don't know where he was pick-wise. I'm just remembering at Duke. I mean, that guy was one of the best college basketball players you will ever see when he and was at Duke. Is it spelled with a Y? I'm looking it up here. But um, Jason Williams, um, you're right. It may, we may have internet issues right here. But um, one of the top picks in the NBA draft had a – am I wrong? No, he was up that, there. I is mean, that he, just Bobby Hurley who had a motorcycle accident? Bobby Hurley, they both had motorcycle accidents. Both Dukies. Yeah. and think they're uh, all prim and proper. But get him out on the open road, and they like to let that uh, crotch rocket fly, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But, Jay, I mean, they, those guys, those Duke, the Duke teams he had, they were good, but he took those teams to a whole other level, just how just amazing. We were talking about prolific scores earlier. 
because we never really finished that point. Well, okay, when I was making the point about Wait, Carmelo Anthony. That guy could score. That guy was explosive. He was almost D-Rose, Derrick Rose-esque. He could score. In his dunking ability. Am I wrong? No, and then he could also hit it from, you know, deep outside shots. He could score every way imaginable. You know what I've always thought would be the ideal life is to be David Pollock. Can you, by the way, can you text Ashley to call into the 384-1450 hotline? I sure will, yeah. yeah. David Pollock or Jay Williams. David Pollock? Yeah, and I put them in the same boat because they're both first-round picks in the NFL and NBA. Yeah. Good-looking guys, articulate, okay? I don't think Jay Williams is a good-looking guy, but you know, I don't know much. Okay. I don't really. I don't know. I don't even good know at, how David Pollock looks. Really, I I know. I don't know. Oh, we got Ashley back on the line, but real quick to wrap wrap up my point, I think that if you become a a commentator via um, an injury early in your career, you have credibility. You have a successful college career. David Pollock at Georgia, um, Jason Williams at Duke, and then you've got credibility forever, and you don't have to worry about getting injured for the rest of your career. So you have longevity, and you just stay. Talking about sports and paid well, and I think David Pollock and Jason Williams both have great setups. Sorry to interrupt you there, Ashley. We will continue. Oh, and you can ride motorcycles all you want. And you can ride motorcycles all you want. You don't have to worry about contract issues and stipulations. Ashley, Jason Williams is going to play one-on-one with a comedian? Yeah, um, and Andrew Schultz, he's, um, he stars on the MTV2 show Guy Code, so he's kind of he's just a TV personality, um, but... So they, they bet each other. They've been talking a lot of online trash to one another. Um, they bet each other $500, but $500. Um, $500, right. So Andrew Schultz is talking a lot of smack. So Jason Williams upped the bet to $1,000 and uh, suggested that they give the money to one of their Twitter followers. So um, whoever wins gets to pick one of their Twitter fans and give them $1,000. He didn't get a second contract, you know, so he might not. $1,000 is probably a lot of money, Jason Williams. I was thinking that. Yeah. The uh, You said $1,000 <laughs> is probably a lot of money to Jason Williams? Yeah, he, he didn't get a second contract, man. No, he's still getting paid. He's doing great. By ESPN? Not that much. Yeah. No, oh. he's he's got, I mean, $1,000 is a lot of money to anyone, you can right. say then. he's We see his face all the time. Did Jason Williams change his name to Jay Williams just to differentiate himself from those two other guys? You think maybe uh, he was the second maybe. overall pick in 2002 out of Duke. Yeah, but I mean those other two guys definitely have a stigma about them that he might not want to. What's the Jason Williams white chocolate stigma that's so? He got negative? a lot of trouble. Yeah, he got in trouble Florida. He got in trouble Marshall, and he's gotten in trouble all over the place, man. And I mean he's not a murderer like the one Jason Williams. But you're right. Out Nets. of those three, Jay Williams of Duke has the best re- reputation. Squeaky clean image. Did you know that Jason Williams' white chocolate is uh, older than I am? I didn't, I didn't know that. Either. I saw a video of him playing the other day. He's still playing somewhere. And no one more entertaining than white chocolate. Let's just we can make the whole show about Jason Williams's. So, all right. Not I'm interested. I'm, I'm not interested in their little thousand dollar bet. Jason Williams better beat that guy to death. So he, he will. All right. Right, Ashley. Like, How tall is this comedian? What's his name again? Uh, his name's Andrew Scholes. All right. Well, this guy, Jay Williams, is 6'2". Six six two. Two. Yeah. Okay. Andrew Scholes. 34 years old, 6'2". But it doesn't matter because it's a little deadly from the outside, right? I mean, it'll just shoot. That's considering he or gets dunk to on him. take those shots. Huh? That's assuming he gets to take those open shots. Oh, I don't know how tall he'll be able to get himself is. open. I'm looking it up right now. It's Andrew Scholes. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even matter. Six foot tall. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to do him. 
I think that Jay Williams should just post him up and dunk, drop step him and dunk on him. If Jason Williams can still dunk. If, right. No, I bet he can. I don't know. Well, the game is going on today. I need to know. So can, sure we'll we, need to, we need to have an update about old old people playing basketball. Can Derek Anderson still dunk? Yes, he dunked last summer. Okay, he dunked. In, uh, I don't know. The, the last summer is a whole different deal. You might, you know. Yeah. Was yeah. it a finger like a fingertip dunk? I want to know. No, it was a throw down, nasty in your face. Drive on somebody, dunk on you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Jay Williams is thirty four. I, I mean, there's no question. I may, who knows? Maybe Andrew Schultz was a good college basketball player or something. We don't know. Yeah, but not he didn't want him one of the best players in the country. He wasn't the number two <laughs> overall, overall pick, pick in right. the NBA draft. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Um, start number three. Uh, Mark Cuban <laughs> kind of had a rough week, obviously. Um, they lost the Clippers. And then uh, he has... Did him and DeAndre Jordan go out to dinner or anything like that? Yeah. No, they didn't. Yeah. But uh, Chandler, Pars- Chandler Parsons um, kind of blasted him on Twitter about his fashion sense, which is kind of funny. Um, so there's a picture of um, Mark Cuban with a three commas T-shirt. It was like a pair of regular blue jeans and some sneakers. And uh, Chandler Parsons tweets, NBA needs a new dress code for owners. Hashtag, you're a billionaire, bro. So, so well, what what, what shirt was he wearing? Um, it was some like three commas t shirt. It had like it was just like one of these big random shirts. It wasn't anything special. Um, with some big gaudy letters on it. Hmm. Um, but I mean, is, do people really care what the owners dress like? I hope not. I don't care what the NBA players dress like going to the, you know whatever to the stadium i'm a i don't like to get all fancied up and dressed up i like to, i'm a sweatshirt and shorts kind of guy you know it's it, just what it does he dress that bad do you all think he dresses that this bad? this t-shirt looks a little little interesting but i don't think it's that bad did you find the t-shirt i did it says i don't know a bunch of weird letters with three yeah, with three commas at the bottom i uh, i don't think he's like the best dressed guy in the world i mean he's one of the best dressed guys though who no, you, i don't know yeah i'm I going off the shark tank more than anything else because that's where you see him kind of oh, if you're up. a billionaire all you got to do is have someone consult with you and dress you yeah but i don't need, i wouldn't even be literally why, i wouldn't even be lifting my legs i'd have them put my pants if you're on a for billionaire, me. do you care he made his money in the he made his money in his house sitting in his underwear playing on his computer so but uh, you still want it wouldn't hurt to look nice I, guess. I would just wear NBA uniforms all the time if I were him. Okay. Throwback jerseys? Maybe. An Adrian Dantley Dallas Mavericks jersey or something like that? Yeah, Big A? Yeah, I don't know. No, Artis Gilmore was <coughs> Big A, right? Artis Adrian Gil- yeah. Dantley, that's a uh, uh, specific well, drop guess. there. I mean, How good was he? Fat lever. Um, okay. So uh, Adrian Dantley's really good. <laughs> really, really good. He's Hall of Famer? I think he is a Hall of Famer. Okay. All right, going on to – do we care about Mark, how Mark Cuban dresses? I mean, it makes for good fodder for our show, Are we I gonna think. Be, you ready to move on to Story 4? I'm ready to move on to Story 4, barring uh, connectivity issues. Did we lose her again? Yeah, it looks like we've lost her again. We'll have Ashley right back <sighs> on. Yeah, I can't, I can't do anything on my computer right now either. Okay. We're having some internet issues here in Jeffersonville, Indiana, at the world headquarters for 1450 WXVW. But the phone lines still work if you want to call in. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Having a, a really good show this morning. We are, three hours. We're going to preview some more college basketball, uh, make our NBA picks. we got a lot of stuff still to do. Or not NBA picks, but our NFL picks. 
We still got a lot of stuff to do. NFL is just such a perfect, perfectly packaged product. And what I mean by that is we can make picks and track it throughout the course of the season. I was thinking, well, maybe we could do NBA picks, but that's just overwhelming. It doesn't work. It it doesn't doesn't work. work. NFL is just a made-for-the-American-consumer product. Made-for-the-American better. Better. Although I wouldn't consider myself a better. Could you see yourself going down that road really easily? If yeah. It was more, I mean, it's fairly accessible, but if you... If I had more money? I mean, I I could see going down that road. And, you, know, you could see me... I could, throw, see, throwing, I could see me. Throwing my life away to gambling? I could see me. And I know like some of my buddies that are gambling more and more on sporting events. It would not be too tough for you to convince me to put about 50 bucks on the Bengals game today. Yeah. I would bet the Steelers see, are going to win. That's the one rule I would have if I was bank, if I was uh, gambling. I would never gamble on a team that I'm passionate about. That's a one because I think you can't make a solid decision. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think um, I, I'm good. I I know Andy Dalton, and we haven't really resurrected my Andy Dalton love affair weekly. Um, topic. We, we, we usually do that right before the picks. We do. But it hasn't been necessary because he has been playing lights out, and the Bengals are undefeated this year. So I haven't really came in here bummed out about but Andy ha- Dalton at all. There is an opportunity for him to let you down today. I and I predict that he will. Let's do this. Why don't we go ahead and go to a break? Okay. See if things come out uh, a little bit better on the other side, and uh, we'll finish up with Ashley's local sync if we can. Make our NFL picks. <laughs> maybe. Talk- oh wait, was that a was that Ashley? Ashley, we got you back. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's it's here. It's the studio. It's we're having some internet issues. It's not oh you. Oh my god! It's, I'm not sabotaging you. I promise. Let's go on to story you number are. four. Okay. Um, story number four says that former Chicago Bear star Jeremiah Ratliff um, said he has absolutely no memory of wishing death upon the children of. Chicago Bears staffers, but he's not necessarily denying that it happened. Well, so, I mean, honestly, everybody slips up and does that to people at their work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. It happens all the time. Um, for those not following the story, the Bears security called police on October 21st to report that the star defensive lineman went berserk uh, after being cut, saying, I am the devil, in quotes, and wishing that the staffer's children would die. Now, uh, Ratless Asians have issued a statement saying that Jeremiah has no recollection or memory of saying anything that has been reported in the police report. Um, not necessarily a denial, but basically he doesn't remember. Uh, the agent continues saying uh, Jeremiah is receiving care in Dallas for a football-related medical condition that arose out of the game on the 11th. Painkillers? The primary focus right now, he says, is on Jeremiah's cognitive health. Uh, He says, I would also like to reiterate that the reports that Jeremiah showed up at uh, Hallis Hall inebriated are completely and utterly false. So um, that will definitely be an interesting one to follow. I'm very interested to find out what um, medical related con- football related medical condition. Um, I mean, is it a concussion? Um, cause that would make sense with the erratic behavior that he can't remember. Um, but it'll be definitely interesting to follow. Or what kind of drugs he's on. I mean that too. Who was, uh, who was uh, a couple, you know, it was a while ago, I guess now the football player that was on suicide watch was it Calvin. Was it Ocho Cinco? Who was on suicide watch? Maybe Tio. It was T.O. That's what it was. The T.O. with the whole thing on the suicide watch and like they broke away news. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. 
and his publicist came out. And yeah, yeah. Supposedly yeah. he had eaten some pills and all right. that. No question about it. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the weekend sports web. Sorry to cut you off there, Ashley. What are we on? Story number five. Five. One five. five. We got one more. Yeah. One okay. More. One more. Um, and this one's for you, Kelly. Um, Great. Gary Player. You, you know Gary Player? Yeah, certainly. Golfer. Okay. Yeah, golfer. Um, so apparently he's still playing at 80. Uh, he's still um, – he celebrated his 80th birthday um, last Sunday where he hosted this uh, – the Gary Player Invitational in South Africa to raise money for his charity. Um, but apparently there was – a question raised because apparently, you know, Gary is really big into eating healthy and staying fit and exercising. And someone asked him about sex and whether or not it was still part of his routine. And he says, in quote, you can't live a full life without love. As for my sex life, whatever you think it is, double that. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. At 80. GP landed down. Oh, my God. Do we even have to collect votes for this one? Well, that means <laughs> I was thinking it was one, and now it's two. So that's fantastic. Yeah, so there it is. Um, uh, first off, I, I want to give credit to the guy who asked him, or the guy or the girl who asked who him asked the question. question. <laughs> yeah. I want to. Next time we have a guest on the weekend sports buzz, that's going to be part it's of my sponsored by Viagra, Gary Player, or no, even just a caller. Yeah. So, so how's your sex life? Do I have to ask the truth that next week? On a scale of one to ten, <laughs> real quick, we don't need a long, elaborate discussion, but scale of one to ten, what do you rate your sex life currently? And do you think it's important? Go. I like it. I love it, Gary Player. I mean, they asked him the question and they got an answer. Yeah. As a man, I I agree with him. As a man, if you're what do you? What point in your life, Mike, are you going to say this? Well, I, I've moved on to other things, and I, it's just it, – that's just not a part oh, of my yeah. life. It's not in the cards for me anymore. I have different hobbies now. I guarantee that I could not see a life where that was not a part of the life. So, no so even when you're 100, you still have the same answer, you think? I'm nailing it, man. What about a hun- – what? Huh? He's, uh, <laughs> he's also been married to the same woman for almost 50 years. So Vivian Verway. Ver- um, I'm sure is a very happy lady. Um, and they've got, they have six kids, which so, you know. Good for them. He's, he's laying it down, man. Good for him. Gary Player not <laughs> only was credited with being one of the first guys to implement weightlifting into his routine. He was. He was one of those guys who pre-Tiger uh, really hit the weights hard, but um, also was hitting some other things pretty well. So we appreciate Gary Pre-tiger. Player. Pre-Tiger. Pre-Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> also was... <laughs> Was, uh, also pre-Tiger. Tiger before Tiger. It sounds like your player was Tiger before Tiger. So yes. we appreciate you tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We will be back, and we will calculate our votes, which I don't think will be much of a contest. No, yeah, I'm going with Gary Player. Jeremy Macklin, by the way, now has one catch. So uh, you got me two fancy points. Thanks so far. Ashley, who, who, who is your pick for Ashley's Loco Cinco? <clears throat> what story? One. Gary Player. Same one. Okay, can't, yeah. can't really Gary. go away, away from that. So we appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. In honor of Gary Player, we have to come in with two short. I'm a player. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> well... We are looking live at Wembley Stadium right now where 
thousands of extremely bored old English people are watching a terrible 31 to three football game. What time uh, is it there? I have no idea. Well, they're six. It, they're six hours ahead of us, right? So it's probably five thirty or so. Good time. In the afternoon. Good yeah, time. it's it is what it is. So uh, more and more NFL. The third one already this year, right? I don't know how many they're going to end up doing. Two weeks in a row, we've had uh, NFL in uh, in Europe. So, uh, but the, for whatever that means, take from that what you will. Yeah, whatever. All right, let's. Uh, you want to go ahead and make our picks, and then finish up with some more college basketball preview, or do you want to do the vice versa? I'll let Ashley pick. What do you want to do, Ashley? We can do our picks. You want to do our picks? Okay. So this is the Ashley Miller system versus Kelly and Mike, um, and we're going to start right off the bat. Tampa Bay, James Winston and his famous crab legs, going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Atlanta is a seven and a half point home favorite. No surprise. Oh, excuse me. No surprise there as they have one of the best uh, quarterback-wide receiver combos in the NFL. Uh, I'm taking the Falcons. 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 Falcons across the board. No surprise there at Although all. Although it would be quite the story if Jameis Winston was able to defeat this uh, Matt Ryan-led Falcons team. And we've had these. You know, we've had at least one surprise winner almost every week. So um, Arizona. Going on the road to Cleveland, this could be where I would see that surprise win if it happens. Johnny Menzel is supposed to start. Is he going? Johnny Johnny Menzel going to start in the in in the state of Ohio after JT Perry gets a DUI? They're going to go ahead and start Johnny Menzel. Um, Arizona goes to Cleveland. Arizona is a six point road favorite, playing at one o'clock too, which is a little bit of a time difference for them. Who we like here? I'm definitely going Arizona. Me too, Arizona. I'm taking Arizona as well. Nobody's taking the bait there. No. As but, much I mean, as I Mike tried to bait us, Mike tried, tried to say that could be an upset special. The 2-5 and five San Francisco 49ers go on the road to take on the St. Louis Rams, uh, who are sitting in a 3-3. Three and three. The Rams are an 8-point home favorite, and the 49ers are in complete and total disarray. So, St. Louis for everyone? Uh, no. No? Or no. Or, I'm sorry, the 49ers. You're taking the Niners? I'm taking the, the Niners. The Ashley Miller system picks the Niners here? Yes. Legitimately? Legitimately. You don't know how happy that makes me. I'm going St. Louis. I'm, I've got to take St. Louis, too, because I have no confidence in my team whatsoever. Um, <laughs> the New York football giants go on the road to New Orleans at, for a 1 o'clock game. New Orleans is a three-point home favorite. Bueller, Bueller, Fry, anyone? Anyone want to take a Who's the who's the three I brought point? the Saints. All right, Kel- Ashley's taking the Saints. Who's favorite? New Orleans. I'm going New Orleans. And I will take New Orleans as well at home. Uh, the Fox game here locally at 1 o'clock is Teddy Bridgewater and the Minnesota Vikings going to play the Bears. Minnesota is a one-point road favorite. Minnesota Vikings. sitting there at 4-2. The Bears are 2-4. Taking the Vikings? Yeah. All right. I will take, uh, man, I'm going to take Minnesota, too, because the Bears are terrible, especially without half their team. But I'm going Minnesota. I like their team still. The San Diego Chargers go on the road to take on Baltimore, who Baltimore is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, uh, but has been very disappointed at one and six as the Chargers are coming in at two and five. Uh, what do we like here? On the I'm road. taking the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers too, actually. Chargers. 
Wow, we all go against the spread. And I need to correct myself. Johnny Menzel will be listed as the number two quarterback for the Browns. Okay. Uh, Josh McCown will start. We'll start. Okay. Tennessee goes on the road to play Houston. Talking about bad football games. Houston one and five. Tennessee two and. Or, I'm sorry, Tennessee's one and five. Houston's two and five, but has looked awful. Um, Houston is a four point home favorite. I'm taking Houston. I think. Um... Mariota is still out with his knee. Right. Kel? Ah, uh, golly. Houston's got all the talent in the world on defense, but they don't show up most of the time. No, but I'm still taking the I'm taking Yeah, Houston. I'm going with the Texans. Okay. The 1 o'clock game that everyone's excited for. Here locally on CBS, the Bungles go on the road to take on, to see if they can stay perfect, undefeated, Cincinnati Bengals, led by... The redheaded rifle, Andy Dalton. How's your love affair with Andy Dalton right now? It's going good, but I have a, a the calm before the storm type premonition that the S is getting ready to hit the fan. I'm picking the Steelers. Pittsburgh is a one point home favorite. You were taking the Steelers. Ashley, what's the system say? The system says the Bengals win this game. I want I want Kelly to have a little more faith in his team. I'm taking the Bengals as well. Okay, well, I'll be happy either way. The New York Jets go on the road, go across the country for a 4 o'clock game against the Oakland Raiders. The Jets in their surprising 4-2 and two record. And by the way, we talked about that New York Jets-New England Patriots game and how that was going to be extremely close, and it was down to the wire. I think there was a backdoor 55-yard field goal for the cover, by the way, on that thing. Um, the Jets are playing really well behind Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and the Raiders are 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Jets are a three-point road favorite. I'm taking Oakland. Jets. Jets. All right. Get all this in the shoot. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to get all this typed in, too. Um, the 4 o'clock game here locally on TV, there's only one other 4 o'clock game, actually. This is it. I mean, uh, is the disappointing Seattle Seahawks versus the injury-prone Dallas Cowboys, and the Seahawks are a 4.5-point road favorite. I've got the Seahawks. Seahawks, for sure. We're take, all taking Seattle. And then the Sunday night football game that's going to go head-to-head versus the World Series is undefeated Green Bay going to undefeated Denver, who, oddly enough, is winning because of their defense and not the play of Peyton Manning. Green Bay is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I don't think there's any doubt that Green Bay is a more complete team as I think Denver is the worst of the undefeated teams. And Green Bay may be the best team in football. But this is at Denver. Um, but I'm I'm sticking with Green Bay. I've got the Broncos. Wow. I'm going with the Broncos. Wow. Okay. Although I, I, that's just my gut. I don't know what it is. I think Peyton Manning pulls it out and all the naysayers who are – questioning whether he should even be the starter. Did you know there's people who are legitimately questioning whether Peyton Manning should be the starter or not? Who's their backup? Ross, uh, some tall guy. I'll bring it up. Um, The Monday night football game. This is a very intriguing matchup as we see the Colts, who are terrible or looked amazing, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and somehow have pulled out to a 3-4 and record. But they take on Ashley Miller's Carolina Panthers. 
and beyond. The, and we already know what's happening in that game. Hello. Carolina, of course, undefeated in the red home, 6-0. The Panthers are six-and-a-half-point home favorite. You can skip me because you already know. All right, I'm putting Ashley on for Carolina. Kelly's, I think, might be under the influence in the other room. <laughs> I'm taking Carolina as well. Carolina. We're all taking Carolina. Six-foot-eight. Brock Osweiler out of Arizona State is Brock the backup. Brock Osweiler is the backup to uh, Peyton Manning. Six foot eight. That's a, that's pretty tall for a quarterback. It is. I, I would I would venture to say that's the tallest quarterback I've ever heard of playing in the NFL. There you go. Maybe Kevin. I don't even know. Scott that. Mitchell was the Lions quarterback like at six six, right? Like six six six, six seven. seven. You hear about that though quite a bit. Six six. You hear about so. I think Joe Flacco maybe six six. Maybe. Sorry to interrupt. All right, let's. Uh, we got about fifteen minutes, so we we pretty much in depth covered the Louisville basketball season, uh, but all three local schools play exhibitions in a row. Louisville's today at one thirty versus Bellarmine. Uh, tomorrow, the Cats, C A T S, Cats, 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 can put the football woes to bed as basketball season is here, and uh, we are watching UK play play Ottawa, and then Indiana. Um, has their first exhibition game on Tuesday. So that's right in a row we get to see all these teams. The Cats have been, uh, they come out, they're preseason ranked number one in the coaches poll, tied with North Carolina. I think that's a little high. I mean, as if if we can make an argument that Louisville's preseason ranking in the is a little low in the ACC, the, Kentucky was picked to win the SEC. I don't think it's going to be as easy as the years in the past, but I do think they win the SEC. This Kentucky team to me is kind of intriguing just because they have a returning point guard, which I think is good for them. Sure. And they have a four-year – well, actually um, – Poitras? Well, they got Poitras. They have a senior that could be kind of like a Patrick Patterson maybe-like leader. And not only that, but it's a great story for these guys that are coming in. Poitras at one time picked as the number one overall pick, projected as the number one overall pick at least, and has his career with injuries and whatever else – and he's one of those guys that's a really, really good student. He's a 4.0 student. Uh, came in really highly touted as a student and a player. And he's going to leave with a degree. If you're if you're Coach Cal yeah. and you are looking for longevity within your system at University of Kentucky, if you're looking at making this your permanent home, Anthony Davis, John Wall, those guys are the poster childs for Absolutely. what you're doing. But at the same time, you've got to have Anthony. Alex Poitras type stories. I agree. You have to because you never can sell. And I don't think Cal sells those guys on come in. You're definitely one and done. No. He sells them at come in. You're going to get your opportunity. You're going to get an opportunity. We're going to have you work. You're going to compete. And I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to be there for you. And you you may be here for two or three or maybe even four years. And if Alex is able to come in and, um, and survive what was a very bad freshman year, because that was the Nerlens Noel, Archie Goodwin. That's right, year. NIT. Um, Not just NIT. Let's take a moment to really look into that. They lost to Robert, Robert Morris. Morris in the first round. They lost to Robert Morris in the first round of the NIT. Yes. Let's I, not forget that. I, I do remember that. Do you, did you forget that? No, I definitely did not. Okay, moving on. Two back-to-back Final Fours. Back-to-back uh, Final Fours, one national championship game appearance. And maybe, who knows, his, this is his senior year, maybe get another... Uh, Final Four appearance could happen. I mean, they the road goes to the Yum Center, so that definitely helps Kentucky uh, a ton. That they could have to play for the right to go to the Final Four in the Yum Center. I raise my hand. Um, what do you think of a 
Golly, this is a... I'm going to make a Wayne Blackshear comparison here. No, that's what I was getting ready oh. to say. I swear to God. That's what I was getting ready to say. Could you see that, Ashley? Is she there? Oh, we lost Ashley. Oh. I was literally getting ready to, to formulate my uh, words with how I was going to make a, a draw a parallel with Wayne Blackshear. Wayne Blackshear started on a national championship team. Alex Poitras thus far has not done that. Right. But if he does it this year... I would say similarities. Those kind of careers that they kind of mirror each other. He's already been to two Final Fours, though. A little bit disappointing, but both solid players. Both solid players, both good guys. Yeah, and it, it, it is. It's going to be interesting. But I think this Kentucky team with the young people they have, having a an upperclassman that can be a leader. And let's put Dominic Hawkins in that in that group, too, as an upperclassman that can give a little bit of leadership because he's a junior. Sure, and also um, the other guy. Derek bull, Willis. Bull, yeah. Yeah. Um, Marcus Lee, you put in there with their you is know, he a junior? junior. So you've got some upperclassmen <laughs> with some great experience. It's not fair. And you've got a talented group of freshmen. Um, at the same time, the expectations are not quite as high as they've been in years they past. Really, they really aren't. I don't think anyone looks at this team talent-wise and says this is unbelievable. And this, they could still have two of the top five picks in the draft with Scal and Jamal, Moore, Jamal Murray. <laughs> and Isaac Humphreys um, down the road probably could fit that bill. So, you know, it is kind of ironic. I think that no one's expecting this team to go undefeated. You know, the SEC is definitely tougher. Can we? Is there any way we can get a bunch of undefeated talk started right now? No. Is there any way we can stir that up via Twitter in our a- show? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, can we try? We're not going to say that I said it. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram Buzzline, 502-384-1450. Are you a Kentucky fan? And are you predicting an undefeated season? If you're not, I want to know why. Because I don't that I don't like seeing that. I don't like hearing that you're lacking confidence. The other part about the, this Kentucky team is that they're they do play Duke the third game of the year, which is going to be a, a matchup of top four teams. Um, and I, you know, would not be surprised to see Kentucky drop that game. Their non-conference schedule, which in the past has been had a lot of highly ranked teams, a lot of the teams that they're playing now are are teams that are in the others receiving votes category, like Louisville and like Ohio State. and They're good, solid teams, but they're not top 25 teams, at least yet, um, but they, I think, have the potential to be. So um, I think this schedule kind of sets up for a little bit more growth amongst this Kentucky team. I think they do make the Final Four. I don't think they win the national championship. I think they win the SEC championship, and they go in as a one seed in the Yum Center. Wow, okay. Ashley, what do you think of uh, Mike's predictions for this Kentucky team? I think that's what I expected him to say. Was it not an objective <laughs> opinion, though? It's not like I just. There is no. That's an oxymoron to say objective opinion. Oh, that, well, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Ashley. Yeah, Kentucky um, fans, Ashley. If you don't watch it, Kentucky fans will just say some things that that really, upon further examination, don't make sense. Well, that's one. <laughs> this what I said made sense at least. It was at least a yeah, well thought out plan. I honestly haven't been able to catch much of these, you know, ESPN style, like workouts or whatever. So I haven't really created, um, you know, formulated a, a solid opinion about this team just yet. But I will be watching this exhibition and have more to say about that next week. <laughs> um, then let's move on to the Hoosiers while we have a little bit of time left because I, I think that Indiana's, at least their first four guys, you know, their first four guys being Blackman, Williams, uh, Yogi, and Thomas Bryant 
are as good as anybody talent-wise in the country. Wow. You think Thomas Bryant's that good? Thomas Bryant's really good. We really saw him good. play, Ashley. Remember? I thought, yeah, we did. And I thought he was very impressed. And that, I mean, if you had to give Ashley Miller the choice between a Diamond Stone who was, you know, <laughs> or a Thomas impressed. Bryant. Ashley, you're taking Thomas Bryant every day of the week, are you not? Oh, yeah. And I would, too. Yeah, and then we're going to get to see those two of you guys battle in the Big Ten because the Big Ten is going to be pretty loaded. I mean, they're, they're going to have uh, – that Maryland team is projected to be up there as well. Um, and luckily they have a backup. They're going to have another post player who played in the Derby Classic, Robert Carter, who started out at Georgia Tech and then transferred to Maryland. He's eligible this year. Okay, sorry to sabotage the point there, but speaking of Big Ten, what do we think Richard Patino and the Gophers will do? Uh, they'll be in the NFC team. Seriously? Yeah. So what does that mean about the trajectory of Rich, Richard's career? Two NIT appearances back to back. Listen, I think I think him taking that Minnesota job in the first place was a mistake, and I I was I said that right off the bat. That's not a place where you want to. I don't think that was a place where he wanted to go. Uh, I, I mean, I, like if you're looking at where your career's going, to me that was not a smart. Ashley, move. what do you, what do you think of that? What does that mean for, for Richard Patino? And is he? I agree. It doesn't look good. It wasn't a good decision. Um, I mean. It was a good, like, I need a head coaching job at a big-time school. FIU was having some trouble. Yeah, it makes sense. But still, at the same time, I think he probably could have been a little bit more patient um, to get a better fit. That set him up to, um, you know, be in a better position looking for that next higher-paid and better-looking head coaching job. And uh, and not saying – I don't think he's going to have to he, – he might have to make, like, a lateral move. To kind of further his career, but but he's almost worked himself out of the runnings for heir apparent to his dad. I think there'll be someone at least in between. Let's put it that way. Uh, and then and that you know that also might be hurt by what also is going on right now. You know, it might not just be strictly his performance in Minnesota. Um, but the Big Ten is going to be very good. They're going to be really good. Indiana is going to be right up there in the mix. Um, could be a two-three seed. I could see that very likely. Um, and they're going to put up a ton of points. Their their whole big thing for them is going to be their depth and their defense. And if those two things come along ways. They they are a contender. Um, as this I think will be a very wide open college basketball season. Okay. Nobody has any opinions. No, I mean I I don't disagree. I, I think that the um, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. College basketball is so exciting. It it's just here. embodies it's every. Here. It's here. It embodies everything in the human experience. That's great. And um, but what I hear you all say is that you only really care about Louisville basketball and not college basketball as a whole. Is that what's going on? Mm, yeah. No, Basically. it's not true. I mean, no, I, I mean, I like some stories across the board. I'd like to see how Duke's going to do and other ACC teams, and um, I, I like. Uh, programs like Wichita State and to see how they're going to do. And, and um, I mean, what's another program out there, Ashley, that, that intrigues you? Let's say outside of the ACC, what program intrigues you? Mm. Well, I mean, I, just being honest, Kentucky always does just because they're our neighbor. Um, and I think it's good for the state when both teams are solid. I agree with that. Uh, I think it's good for basketball, too. So I guess those would be the two that I probably care the most about up until March. And then. I start to pay a little bit more attention 